Spending power, but we still sit at a deficit. Living amongst prejudice, even at our residence. Moors in America, flourishing, excellent. Let's buy up some neighborhoods and grow my own president. Yeah. And I come to you today with all intentions of spreading love, truth. getting started today don't go anywhere
my morse. life experiences and in no way is this content um, a representation of any other groups organizations including but not limited to the more scientific of america first and foremost though we always want to give honors we rise and give the highest praise to the most high our father god a lot of we give honors to our divine prophet noble Ali for bringing us our divine creed and nationality Give honor to the forerunner to the prophet Marcus Mosiah Garvey. Give honor to all the adepts, sheets, and all the faithful boys who make up the grand body of the Moorish divine and national movement. Honors to the first appointed supreme grand chief by our prophet, that's our brother Emily Hill. Give honors to the current supreme grand chief, our brother Kay Dandrigel. Honors to the grand council of the Moorish Science Temple of America. And honors to all you faithful boys watching, all you light bringers watching right now. We will be speaking with our brother, Dr. Hannibal Bay. I know you're going to enjoy this. So good evening. I want to ask that everybody shares this. Click the like button. We need to get some more likes on this. So make sure you click like and share this. You're listening to the true and living the light bringer more than America. As always, I'm your brother, Lloyd Douglas, now also known as Sharif Ali. We are uncovering and bringing glorious light to all issues pertinent to the Orange American paradigm. And I'm sitting here on the podcast, as you know, as Orange America. And we will be going in deep on this build with our brother, Hannibal Bay. So I hope everybody's having an amazing evening. And once again, if you wouldn't mind, please share this broadcast on your favorite social media platform. Get some more shares up. We need to get those algorithms going. We're about this fan further on this topic. As I said, um, you don't want to miss it. Relax, grab your popcorn, share this. In other words, grab a friend. And here we go, more. Hang on. Everything sitting here. Oh man. 
anyway, I'm glad to finally uh, link up with you because I know this was like in the making of the last like two, almost three years or so. And but we've been talking behind the scenes like crazy. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's it's a pleasure to have you on. It's an honor, brother. And um, you know, I know for all the people who are um who well most people already know who you are, but for those who aren't aware of um or have never um come across your lectures or anything, could you please explain um who you are? Um you know, what your profession is, what you specialize in. And when, once again, we're talking to our brother, Hannibal Bay, Magi hypnotist, Hannibal Bay, Islam. All right, yeah. peace, brother. Um, my name is Patriarch Dr. Hannibal W. Bay. Not only a Magi hypnotist, I'm also a grand priest. My rank, I am a patriarch. I'm also a sovereign grand inspector general, 33rd degree Scottish Rite. Um, also paralegal and private investigator, and um, I'm also a Shella, Great White Brotherhood, and a doctor for the two. Uh, my history, real quick, those who really go back know that me and my father, his grace, uh, the Amir, Grand Sheikh Tashrika today, and I, you know, we're actually partners, you know, and um. Islam, real quick, I'm, I'm don't um, want to cut anybody off. Just want to make sure everybody can hear. Are we good? Okay, I see. Okay, all right. Islam, okay, good. Here we go. All right. To give a little bit of, of him because I it's a lot of stuff that got to get cleared up, and I get real crunchy hearing individuals putting out a lot of false information. Or let me just be technical with it. Counterintelligence because Cointel Pro has really been doing their job. Um, my father was an assistant minister in the nation of Islam, all right? And his, his uh, title uh, or, or name was 13X. So he obviously was into that like two years before I was born. I was born in 67. And, you know, um, he did a lot of um, research and knowledge and all. Matter of fact, I don't know if a lot of people know this. Um, sometimes I tell the story because I have to ask him the right questions. He told me he remembered when he was in the Nation of Islam and they were opening up prayer. So you're talking 60s now. When they would open prayer and do their particular prayer, they mentioned Noble Ali in their prayers. Wow. And he said that one day he asked who was Noble Ali and whether they kind of answered it or not. The point is, afterwards, he said he realized they weren't mentioning Ali no more wow. in their opening prayer. Yeah, so let me fast forward a bit because um, my mother and father broke off with each other in the early 70s. So by 1980, I'm 13. I'm living with my dad. Now, at the time, he started dating this beautiful woman, uh, Her Majesty uh, Queen Divine Minister uh, Daria Bay, that's my stepmom. And uh, she was raised in a more shocked time. Well, mind you now, coming from the time period I started, and then I'm saying fast forward, father would always have his little round tables on, you know, because Elijah Muhammad in, in the Nation of Islam, and when you go through their school of thought, an individual become a free thinker, even if you're no longer part of that movement, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they drop so much knowledge. Yeah. So daddy would always powwow with individuals, but you got to figure at that time, he was still on the black, 
or the colored, mm-hmm. like everyone else. Yeah. So as a matter of fact, this is good because I can segue this, and I appreciate all cherubs that let me give you little vignettes to give you backstory. We so, appreciate it, brother. My, my, my stepmother was a blind date for my dad. So she came to my dad's um, house uh, by way of one of his friends, and they was all going to go out. And the friend brought my da- uh, brought my stepmom uh, to Rhea Bay, Her Majesty, to meet him. So he happens to get off work. Father is, well, he is truly a Moorish Renaissance fan. That man, he is not only a carpenter. He can make uh, furniture and stuff like that. He's also electrician, plumber. Um, our family craft, which I didn't pick up, which was the family trade, was barber. Okay. So he was also that. Um, so he gets off work, you know, doing contract work. So, you know, our cats be all dusty and stuff. So she see him. Yeah. And they happen to get there early and they're going to go out. And he's just getting off. He's coming in the house. And they obviously coming in with him, you know, like, hey, come on in. She's like, oh, yeah, all right. he's all dusty and everything. Yeah. Now, does anybody all know when I talk about my dad, I was like, you know, being a you know young brother, you know, we always have a, a male that we all look up to. And at that time on the big screen was Billy D. Williams, and then the other was my father, and also my cousin Skip and my uncle Cal, his, his older brother who passed, because uh-huh. they was always dressed in sharp. So once he got dressed and everything, he came down there on step, she was like, damn. So she probably said, obviously, this can work. So they started dating. <laughs> Now, fast forward a little bit. It's still the early 80s. Most likely it happened in that time period because we did, we started going to the temple by mid to late um, 80s because I, I went to go live with my dad in the summer of 1980. Wow. All right. So this is what happened. I had to give you that to preface this. So my, you know, my mom, Saria, she, and she just recently told me all this time I didn't know she was a grand sheik. When she was at a young age, I just thought she did a reason. Like I talked to my mom, she said, "No, I've always been a grand sheep. Wow. You know, even when I was young, I was like, "Oh, ish." <laughs> you know. So anyway, so what happened was when mom was in this is in Camden, our temple here in Camden. This is our first temple that my father and my family became a part of. Now, when we say first, later on it depends on the conversation. I also became a member of the under the founder. The first temple we went in was under the reincarnated. All right, John Gibbons ill on the more time. So I just want to make that clear because we always encourage more travel, yeah. go to different temples, be a member. You know, the key thing is don't be a part of a movement and you're not a part of the foundation. So, right. yeah. mom, and this is why I chide the newer moors that you know go all crazy with the oh, law, this law, that it ain't law, it's jurisprudence. And I said, I remember, you know, I tell you, a lot of y'all are, are, are arrogant because of the knowledge and the work that over 30 years ago that myself, Sage Hakeem Bay of Moore Atlantis, and my father, Demir Taj Sharif Bay of Great Steel Association of Morse Affairs and founder of the Morse Order Roundtable. And we were also members of the Morse Science Temple of America on the reincarnation. And then later on, even joined when we found it in Glassboro, New Jersey, they were under the original prophet, Noble Drawley. So... Um, I always tell them, I say, y'all got a lot of this knowledge because we, 30 years ago, we were called renegades, you know, Freemasons was was tiffed at us as well as the adepts and grand sheets in the temple because we were giving y'all that heavy, heavy platinum coated diamond gem. You understand what I'm saying? This is why y'all very heavy. I'm I'm prefacing all of that to say when I tell you this story what really woke my dad up because 
back in the day when we went to the temple, all those Moors knew they were Moorish Americans. They knew the Circle Seven Quran, uh, uh, one, the 100, and the Moorish literature and any other knowledge that they gleaned historical-wise to the Moors. Yeah. They didn't know nothing about jurisprudence. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And and those who may have heard my other interviews, you know, I went in on it. I might touch on it a little bit so I can move forward and I can answer your questions, you know, give me what we got from here. But anyway, so I'm prefacing that to say this when I tell you the story what what, what woke my dad up. So now, one day my mom was going to the temple. She's in her, tur- her holy garb, her turban, driving. She'll admit my mom's an Aries. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, that's a fire sign. Yeah. So she can be like, I hear and um, she was speeding, so she admitted she was speeding, and she was she was trying to race because she she was responsible for opening the temple. Okay. So the local Camden cop pulled her over. So he pulled her over, and um, when he did, you know, she said, "I apologize, and I was speeding. I'm just trying to race to go to my religious house. You know, you know, my holy temple to open up." Anyway, he was being crunchy with her. And went as far as insulting her holy heart head guard, calling a red rag. Wow. So I'm pretty sure my mom took that ticket. All right, you know, all right, you know what I mean? Give me that damn ticket. That's all right. So then fast forward a bit. Now it's court time. So honestly, mom and, and dad, uh, they building their relationship. And I'll be honest. So she's still my. I was. So things happen. We the temple, then I have mad respect for her, Maddie. And I love I love her so much. Uh-huh. So anyway, now it's court time. Here's the story. This is why I gave you the backstory. Nobody had the drill food and stuff. I you know she didn't know all the drill food and stuff. But I'm also segueing in here what I'll keep telling y'all, we gotta get these infiltrators of agent provocateurs and straight up nick excuse me, Lord. I said I wasn't gonna use the word niggas. That's <laughs> all right. Because they 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 are really doing a lot of stuff that's just holding us back. Yeah. Um. That like I said, y'all y'all are more have your eyes open. Plus, y'all are part of the prophecy that Drew Ali had told and warned those Moors that's in the temple now. That's why I say y'all have the right to chide them when you go in and they try to act like because you knew and you're telling them something and it's on point and it's correct or like you baby say fact and then they get all pissed. But yet, when they had those meetings, they also quote some of the prophecies Raleigh had said, and he had told them, yeah. Moors, you're going to have new Moors that's going to come in and put you, and seat you old Moors in the back. Mm-hmm. There was something to that effect. So I'm saying, y'all should not be surprised that the babies are coming in with their eyes open. Yeah. So now we're going to the court case. Mom didn't have no jurisprudence stuff. Oh, she knew she was Moors American. The basic stuff that you know, you know what I mean. If I, if I can pause you real quick, right there, don't lose that train of thought. Just for, for anyone who who's new to this, jurisprudence is the theory of philosophy of law. Peace. Yeah, that's the actual proper proper name. So, um, boy, that's why I love you, Cherry. Let me do my Denzel watch. That's why I love you. That's why that's that. I I am here. You you, you sharp man. See, that's what I'm saying. So anyway. <laughs> So now mom is in court. Dad decides to go with her. He's wearing a kufi. Mind you now, he's 13 X. All right. Mom is already. 
So what I say to y'all more uh, also in, in the light of the story and other vignettes I may tell, we had respect. When you talk of, when the Europeans seen a, a more a Freemason, Nation of Islam, Hebrew Islam, even the European Christians and all these other groups, Jews, they knew when they seen that cherry red fez and that cherry red turban, they knew when they saw the more American, they met somebody. They all you had respect. I know you babies are young. Y'all don't remember the TV commercial that used to be like when Ian Hutton talked, people listen, the whole room get quiet mm-hmm. and they listen over into your conversation. Yeah. That was how poor witness, that's how it was when us Moors was rolling. Wow. I'm watching these individuals. Matter of fact, if I go a little further, our main temple uh, that we started at under the reincarnated in Camden, New Jersey, the brother that was the assistant clan sheep, this brother walked with the prophet. The original wow. prophet, Ali, his name was uh, Grand Sheik Elijah L. He was a sweet brother, light olive brother. He was so sweet. I'll tell you another story about that later. So now they're in court. So when Moors would come to court, they, they weren't so much like they were when we was doing a lot of stuff jurisprudence-wise um, in the 90s. But nonetheless, they would still do it. They would clear the courtroom room. All right. So when my mom and, and and daddy was in the court, uh, the master slowly cleared people out. And at that time, when you had respect, they most likely would jump on your case. they make everybody leave, as opposed to when it got to the point to where they messed up our name. Our name is Mud right now, because we got all these happy the clowns and knackers in our movement. They'll insult you and go through everybody's case and wait till you are last. And that started happening. When we used to go to court with individuals because we had a lot of people just doing a lot of F-ish. Yeah. And you might get there, the sun is up by the time you, they about to see you, the sun done went down. You know how buildings, <laughs> you get that. Yep. about to close. You know what I mean? They do that yeah. on purpose. Yeah, That's they, their other way. They, they leave you to, for last, yep. Yeah. And you know when you came in, the court was full. Uh-huh. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, anyway, they didn't do that. So they cleared the courtroom out. Now the magistrate is asking questions, mainly looking at my dad. Then they found out he ain't had no bag or ill. First thing they asked him is to remove the coffee. Wow. Talked a little bit. And then they politely asked him to remove himself from the courtroom. So now it's just my mother and the officer that issued her the citation. Now, again, some of y'all familiar. My mom got videos of Queen Daria Bay, divine minister. So she's fiery. If you get her, go, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> so anyway, now you're getting a perspective from her, her what went down. Because daddy said he was even trying to look in and the bailiff, because they closed the door. We need that daddy when he's looking at get away from the day. You know what I mean? With the way, you know, so daddy yeah. couldn't look in. So this is generally what mom conveyed. She said, you know, she admitted, like, yeah, all right, I was cheating, but I was trying to get to my religious house because it was my responsibility to, you know, turn on the lights, get it open, what have you. And so I apologize. You know, basically, you know, that's how we are. That's what a true moral does or a moral, high moral person does. They say my bad. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So here's what my kid is. This is what the hell went down. All right. He said, generally, I'm admitting my fault. But here's the thing, magistrate. That officer didn't have to insult me. He called my holy headdress a red rag. The magistrate damn near. That's why I wish we had the zoom so you could see my hand. Like yeah. a, wait, he what? 
Yeah, he ain't had to insult me and call my thing a red rag. Magistrate said, oh? Called the officer up to the stand, because obviously mom was up near the stand. Made him get on his knees and apologize to her and dismiss the case. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I tell that little story there because that was the weight and how heavy he was because no Morris was caught up in no damn junk that y'all see. Yeah. And even people on the side of these corporate law, they knew they were dealing with an up, you know, a, a straight up person. Yeah. Because remember now, I'm the one to tell you in short, Freemasons and Eastern Stars are imitating being you. That's they right. say Islam on on path in, 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 in low breath and mainly behind their meetings. But once they can really go past the threshold after their meeting, they take their pheasants and stuff off and then go home. Wow. So I say they pretend to be you. You are who you are. That's right. So all are just keepers of your Moorish creed. You understand what I'm saying? So uh-huh. after that happened, it obviously peaked daddy's interest. He's like, oh, ish. Let me go in here and go in and check this more sign temple thing out. And then the rest of his was going to the temple. And the temple was full. And then since daddy was such a very astute person, he quickly took to everything. Mm-hmm. And what kind of ticked me off as a little boy, you know, and the temple used to be packed, man. I used to kind of like it when you would go on Sundays because yeah. you can, you can, the food, the sisters in the back would be cooking food. So when the meeting was over, you know, us children would be the first day to serve the food, you know, fried fish and, you know, what have you. Yeah. So within months, Father was obviously falling into his purpose. Everything was clear. Father was reading the Circle Seven. He was like, oh, man. Because I'm basically saying my mother was the person that was able to help Father put this missing pieces that he didn't get from the lamb in his organization. Yeah. So daddy was taking, uh, he was taking it back from everything, breaking stuff down before you know it. He was talking. We're only months in. Mm-hmm. Now he's talking about 19, early 1981 and you know what I mean? Yeah. And he was a lot of people. So oh, wow. another thing to tie into that, what happened so you can understand when I'm saying the jealousy started creeping up. Yeah that he was making such an impression. I got one of his audio books on, on uh, um, I mean, one of his books on audio that he did in the early 80s. He lost a lot of things. It was called Moore's, Moore's Uniting of the Nation. And it's mm-hmm. a part two um, double cassette audio. He don't even have it no more. I have to get, make, convert that to give him a copy of his old work. Yeah. So anyway, he was doing a lot. So... One of the sisters who happened to possibly be the wife of Prophet Duali, it may have been John Gibbs' wife, heard about his brother, Bay, and let me go down and go see him. She came to Camden to meet him. Yeah. Caught my dad before the meeting. Now everybody's in the meeting. And meanwhile, daddy's outside breaking stuff down. She asking him questions. He's answering so beautifully. She said, I heard about you. You making such a great impression, and I had to come and meet you. She had him out there for over like four hours. Wow. Daddy said, even the meetings and all, they was peeking out through the window. Yeah, you know, and him having a conversation with this sister, this this beloved elder, you know, who was the wife of the prophet. They came to see daddy. Yeah. So now, sudden the rumor among the grand sheets and all was they thought daddy was a plant grand sheep from another temple and was going to take over. Wow. So then they started doing 
ethic in the temple. Because daddy was, you know, he's a master, uh, wage master, you know, a person that earned master wages, meaning he worked for himself. So he would be always fixing houses and stuff, and people would go see him during the week, and he's teaching people. Yeah. And then they catch him off, you know, off hours, and then, of course, he'd always tell us, you know, go to the public meetings, Friday night, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And so he's bringing in people, and the majority of, of my family members on his side of family, we were all going to the temple. So they started doing little dumb stuff to angst him, if you will. Yeah. He even had it, he was... um because he was a carpenter, he said we had a, a relative that was downtown that had access to when the city houses and stuff was coming up. She would give him a list. So daddy was like, this is a nice temple, but it's small. Here's the list. I got it from the city. My family member gave me heads up. You just pick the property, get the property, get the money together to fix the stuff up. I won't even call. I won't even charge. I'll just do it. So we, cause we can get the, we can have a bigger building to, you know, have bigger, more people. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? tabled it oh yeah i'll look yeah, into it love. yeah 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 you know what i mean but they didn't they didn't they didn't feel it they was doing stuff that was sabotaging the movement yeah so but it, i didn't mean to go into that i just wanted oh. to get y'all the back started brother but, don't apologize you know. we need that history i'm glad you said that um not to cut you but you know we mm -hmm people talk man i don't even hear all the rumors out there but you know there's people trying to talk bad maybe throw trash on, on your father's name and i mean i don't yeah. understand it I, i've never heard you or your father speak ill of the temple and if there's any criticism it's it's valid i mean unfortunately yeah. still to this day we see people we know people and experienced people that are in the temples that aren't really doing anything it seems like they're trying to stagnate the movement you know, yeah, it's well, crazy. Well, that's one I, of the reasons yeah. why this platform is here, though. We need to keep pressure on them. These people need to know that they can't, they can't do that. I, they can't get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said to you, um, and I got to hit her up. She's gonna be one of the people that's gonna listen. Remember, I said the elder. Now she was one of our teachers, and this year marked the thirty years. Thirty years ago, wow. we were now in to the jurisprudence aspect of our more national side. And that's when we were introduced into the Great Seal Association of Morsh Affairs. And her name is the Seda Raha, her beatitude Rashida Bay in Philadelphia. Okay. And she heard your videos and stuff. She's been watching you. And so when I sent her one of your stuff, first thing she hit me back, she's like, oh, wow, I love this brother. Remember I sent you the text. She said, please tell him I love him. And I watch his stuff. You know, I'm a fan of his work. That's so by the, by the fall of 1991, um, we were already doing roundtables. You, you know what I mean? Um, to give you my backstory, when I started getting momentum, I went into the Navy in 86, and, and I got out, you know, from a disabled vet. So I'm out in 87. So right around 87, um, in April 87, I finally got back home from Cali. Um, I really was like, I'm going to get heavy into knowing more about my nationality because when I went in and opened my eyes, you know, I went in as a bay. Yeah. Man, and I think about it, they never issued me my goddamn tag, my <laughs> dog tag. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. hey, so anyway, yeah. um, I, um, started studying real, real hard under father. As a matter of fact, I was the individual who brought 
fourth, the seven laws that y'all got that y'all know as the hermetic laws or the Kybalion. Uh And I just told somebody the story on that. I said, you know, nobody wasn't teaching this. It was mainly coming through the round, horse water round table. And then you're getting it from the horse's mouth. I brought that knowledge to father. Here's how. Uh (laughs) My oldest child was born in 85. All right. So, um, I started dating her mom late 83, 84. Uh-huh. And um, her stepfather was a Freemason. So okay. finally her mother and him split. So now I'm courting, you know, my children's mother. She was older than me. I was still in high school. So she was like 19, you know, so she was already out of school. Yeah. So um, I happened to go through his stuff. See, here I go telling my dad. <laughs> and now Freemason. You know, I'm when she was born, I was 17. So, um, I seen this blue hardback cover book in gold lettering, high value. I started reading it, yeah. And I'm looking at the seven laws. I said, My god, I said, This is you gotta figure this is 1984, Uh 84 to 85. So, I said, I believe I discovered the circle seven. This is what the circle seven means. So, then after I read it. I'm showing daddy, we grabbed, we grasped to that. So meanwhile, we're still teaching, mainly daddy was teaching. So I'm starting to get my legs and get momentum. And like I said, I went in the Navy and came out, 86, it came out, 87. And I really was studying hard under, under my father. And I eventually by March of 89, my children, mom and I broke off. And some of those, those who know my history, I'm also OG popper, you know, one of the hip hop dancers, you know, from that era. So what happened was I wind up leaving this area and I lived down South for a year all through 89 and then came back by 90. I was a dancer for a rapper and we opened the show for show Pepsi rally and a two guy group called Pierre. It was some other groups and whatever, you know, that was another fun thing. Plus I used to, um, model for uh jive magazine it was that was my stuff i did then but anyway okay. going back between that time period i'm studying on the father father got his hands on the first copy of the clock of destiny but it was a third a second to third generation copy okay here's his story because a lot of more didn't know nothing about it he his charles mosley bay the colleague his eminence yeah. His name and his work, Clock of Destiny, was whispered among the Moors yeah. in the temple. They didn't know nothing about that. Because I'm going to go back to qualify what you said. I'm a camelback when you were saying those in the temple and they hold back stuff. So anyway, um, I kind of lost my thought there. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm okay. studying... Um, with father, you know, bringing the holy, uh, the, the, the Kai Valiant, and we started integrating that into our teachings. You know, mainly he was doing the talk, and I was always beside him. And I said, I wanted to do what you're doing, Dad, and what happened. Meanwhile, if anybody knows in that time period, uh, the brother Farrakhan was starting to get a lot of momentum. You might as well say he was resurging the nation of Islam. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So I used to always buy his patience and his stuff, you know, and what have you. Uh-huh. So, um, he had the clock of destiny by way of this one brother who was moving out of camp and he happened to have a copy. He ran into my dad when his car was packed with their stuff and his family. They were leaving and going to move down south. Yeah. He had the clock of destiny. 
And so he went back then. Y'all call it copier staples and all that. We call them Xerox. Yeah. You have to go to certain places to go get a Xerox copy of it. So the brother took time out just before he was going to get on the road and leave. Yeah. He went and made a copy of the whole first little volume of Clock of Destiny for Father. Okay. okay. All right. So that's how he got it in his hand. So now in 87, 88, it was a point that I lived at one part of Camden and I had to walk over, you know, some miles to get to East Camden. I lived in Fairview at that time. And I would, you know, I used to use it as my therapy because at that time I had injured my neck and back and I was walking on a cane and I was really depressed. And I was like, man, I'm, 19 to 20 years old, I'm walking on cane like an old man. I said, uh. So my walking was my therapy, and I would walk over to spend time with my father, and I would come back the next day. So um, he would just go in, and then I would ask him questions, and he was pulling out his stuff, his old stuff from the Nation of Islam, plus his his research and stuff that he was doing in the Morsh movement. So I asked if I could um, read him and all. You know, he would eventually go to bed. And I would stay up all night. So I started bringing me a notebook. Yeah. And I came across the copies of the cop of the clock of destiny he had, and they were some horrible copies, but I was handwriting the clock of destiny. Yeah. So that's how seriously, you know, with, with, with the studies, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, uh, real quick though, up, real quick. Um, yeah. that's something that our people need to, especially the younger people need to need to, get the message of what you're saying you're hand copying something and if you're writing it down off of what you're reading you know you're taking that in on another level so a lot of people i was born in 1980 so a lot of people that are born just you know with all the modern technology they don't really know how mm-hmm. to study and learn so that's really important mm-hmm. i am meaning you know um but you were talking uh, no, about the, the no. clock of destiny and also the the cabalion nah you didn't cut let me add in a little bit because I go into that. I go with the philosophy that Father, and this is why people love us, and the same thing with Sage Hakeem Bay. I said Hakeem as in hockey, y'all, because it's another guy with Naki, like in Nancy. That's another different individual. But we teach the, y'all to be teachers. Yeah. So we give you the mechanics of it. So what you basically said, and I touch in it, and you can grab this gem and pass it on to your students, what you're talking about, there's two different learning. There's a mm-hmm. passive learning, and then there's an active learning or aggressive learning. Yeah. I used to go into that 30 years ago when I started college. Yeah. Because I went to college late. I was a class of 85, I dropped out and what have you, and then went back, got myself, but then I went to, to college okay. by way of the Navy, was able to pay for it. So, but anyway. I used to always tell individuals generally what you just said, and I broke it down to them so they can understand. I said, for instance, there was a, you know how you buy your textbooks and stuff for the college classes, and then they wind up being a subculture with that, where individuals can go to a secondhand store and go get college books that other students use. And it's it's half, if not more of a better price, lower. Uh And I said, those students who get them used books that got all kind of notes on them, not no graffiti crap, but they were literally no. That was yeah. an A student, uh-huh. and that's that. And I'll say to them, you'll benefit from that book because that person was aggressively studying as a pa- as opposed to passive study. Yeah. So I wanted to use that to camelback what you said because it is profound. Sometimes it seems like the most insignificant thing, 
and somebody bring up can be the very most linchpin, the very most important point. So I'm glad you did uh, pull that up. That's why I I go in on some of these newer individuals. I'm hearing them coming after my father and all, and some was coming at me. This is why I fell back in 02, but I've never stopped teaching. I just only had a golden cipher of individuals that that was worthy to find me, and I would teach them and make copies of rare literature and stuff I got and what have you. And I just kept teaching. I just didn't want the bull is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It pissed me off. We coming out of our pockets saying, for when we had, my dad had more short round table in the 90s at his own house. He would be late to his own meeting. Guess what he was doing? When he make his coin, he's running himself through the deck to staples to run off copies. Wow. Because in between doing the work when he was working, he behind his little word processes typing stuff up. And he's coming out of his pocket to, to, to make copies, and he would sit them on the table. He didn't charge. Wow. You get it for free. Oh, yes. and here's the other thing that would keep him late. He also stopped by Pathmark. Those in the Northeast, you know what? That's the name of the old supermarket. I don't think they exist anymore now because they don't have it around here. He go pick up chips and sodas and stuff. So he would sit there and have hand them out. And then sometimes if you catch him, he he fixed his famous spaghetti or fried whiteies and stuff. So people were coming in getting fed. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm hearing all these people shooting bobos about me and my dad and my have you. I take it personal. I'm a tarring. Yeah. Us tarring is like a bull. We, you piss us off. It's like that red flag. So I jealously guard yeah, my father. Too. He's a very beautiful man. Yeah. He's a yeah, very beautiful man. Yeah, me and my wife are So I, I definitely feel you on that. And look, the, the, I mean, I don't know if it's the majority, but a lot of people out here who are aware of their their Moorish nationality. They either learn directly mm-hmm. from your father through watching his videos or studying with them mm-hmm. or, you know, indirectly be by people who yep. are influenced by him. So the love is real. You know, the love is real. So anyone who's this going against that, they're going against a huge tide of people that, you know, they have love for y'all. This is what I'm saying. And me and you talk, because I know you holding back. People just don't know, because yeah. within the last few years, me and you build a bond. So I know you're just only leaving it open because of the conversation, because I told you a lot of back stuff, so it's good that you said that. Yeah. Remember, I'll, 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 I'll make the statement when I said, I shot a lot of these new cats. They be calling, some of my students be calling me. I got them off all over the nation. Mm-hmm. Yo, do you know such and such, such and such? I said, hell, to the know. Yeah. The question should be, do they know me? Yeah. Yeah. Here's why. And to see them come after my father, I said because close to thirty years ago, what have you, them suckers was on the other side of the podium. They were our students. Yeah. Exactly. And the stuff that they're up there flying around like they know all this and that, guess where they got it from? Yep. It hurt me some years ago. One of my students from Texas kept telling me, This brother said he knows you. I ain't even mentioned his name. Because what hurt me was me and this brother developed our relationship over 22 years or so ago when we was getting initiated as free, uh, more American Freemasons. We were tied together. Yeah. And he's sitting up there. I'm coming to find out. He's shooting bobos and stuff about my dad and him and his other buddy on their little blog talk radio thing spending three to four hours trashing my dad. And I said, because knackers don't know. I said, y'all need to call him on that. My dad was his teacher yeah me too why oh hell i got a 1998 because i don't like watching myself 
But I got a 1998 of a lecture that Daddy and I did, and we did at a, a, a restaurant around here in Camden in '98. Uh-huh. Brother came all with his girl, all the way from New York, to yes. a, attend our lecture just to see us speak. And one of the brothers gave me a VHS copy. I got to convert it to DVD or whatever so y'all can see it. Yes. And guess when the when the camera pans, you'll see him in the goddamn uh, audience. So I said, what y'all must understand, I said, what y'all must understand, now we're talking honor. Uh You're trashing, you're supposed to call him on that. He's trashing his own teacher. Let me make it more clear in another example. You know how you go into martial arts in the dojo, and then the person that's teaching you, obviously a black belt, whether it's he or she, they're your sensei, meaning master. Uh Along with instructions and stuff they're giving you they're also got on the wall a picture of their sensei and the picture of the sensei they taught his sensei whatever yeah. so first thing basically taught as a as a white belt coming in you give respect to your sensei and you don't let what nobody dishonor them that's right even if it's a food right or wrong yeah you shut that down yeah that's true right uh-huh. now take those principles because these knackers don't know they unconscious that's why I be telling them what my father coined this, this term over 30 years ago. The nigga industry is a big business. Yep. And I say to him that father had pointed out, and he finally wrote a book. He actually had a book on that title, and he goes in. He's, I, we say that y'all would be very surprised the people that you call your grassroots leaders and all, they benefit from you still being asleep. Yeah. When you wake the hell up, they ain't got no income. Yep. Yeah, that's so crazy, always, it's true. Not always the European. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm saying y'all need to call these individuals because, again, here's the other thing I want to add in and I'm get back to my other stuff. I say this a lot, and you've heard me say it when we, when we talk. I said, I'm surprised because y'all used to my father. Because yeah. when did you get in? It, it came on about 2006. Yeah. But it but I'm telling you, 30 years, so all the 90s, we had people coming from all over, coming to Camden, New Jersey, to come to Roundtable to sit at our feet. Yeah. Some of them had equipment, and they would politely ask us, setting up a tripod, is it all right if we can record, I came all the way from Delaware, or I came all the way from upstate New York, yeah. or I came all the way from Virginia. Guess what we say? No problem. Yeah. I, it, I'm surprised y'all don't see some older, older tapes of us back in the 90s, early yeah. 90s, mid 90s, late 90s. And they didn't make their way being uploaded on YouTube. Yeah. And just with you good. saying that, um, just for the, the people out there that, um, once again, that are younger, that don't understand, I know too, just from the, the, um, the information, the knowledge wasn't just prevalent like that. Like we really had to put in work to learn, you know, especially this hey. stuff is not being taught in school. I had to get out and meet people. Stuff wasn't just in the libraries. You had to, it wasn't, and there was no internet or Google, you know, it, it wasn't that easy. So like, yeah. And so when you have people like this who are teaching, I mean, like, it yeah, was amazing. Okay. It was, it was just mind blowing. That's why it's no excuse now. I, I tried the younger generations and all, and I had to get used to it when I was when they brought me back on the mainstream back in 2018. 
And I'm sitting there lecturing and I'm noticing, why are these people on the phone and I'm talking? And I realized this fraction is like a hundred things in one thing. Mm-hmm. So I realized as I'm I'm just camel back and again what you're saying. Yeah. But respect the foundation. Respect where it's coming from. <laughs> but yeah. Because yeah. uh-huh. like you said, the way we did it, I'm going back to her beatitude in Philly. She's also, I think she's a certified librarian. Because I also knew the Empress Ghost in L. The uh-huh. Rasha Talk. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Louisiana, yeah. Yeah. As I keep going, you ask me questions or you're just going to let me go. I'll tell you. So anyway, um, I think she's a certified librarian. So she told me, even when she went to CN Bay, Cypher and all that, when she was younger, she was telling me she's basically sleeping the floor in the damn library. Wow. From them researching for so long. And wake the hell up and go still go back researching. And when she'd be at Sage James Johnson Bay, who was a direct student of uh, Charles Mosley Bay. I met him. May the Lord rest his soul. I met him back in 93. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So you got to say, when back then, when somebody gave you information, you had to take notes, and then you had to sit aside a day to then get out of your house and go to your local library to what? Then go start searching. Yeah, that's right. Can we go, mm-hmm. go back to two things you mentioned? Um, well, you were speaking about the Kabbalion earlier for... For anyone that that's that's new to, um, it's uh, one way of spelling it is K Y B A L L. I think I O N. And um, with those seven laws, he was talking about those are seven universal principles. They're universal yeah. laws, so that's powerful. When you saying like back in the day, you made the connection with that in the Circle Seven and bringing that information to the Moors. And so any Moors who would have been trying to say, oh, you can't teach this in the temple. We have to stick to the Quran or anything like that. They that would have been a backwards way of thinking because we do the same thing in our classes. And so, and I mean, nobody can tell me any different. We're going to do it. You know, we're not going backwards. And then another thing you, you spoke about um, CM Bay, who was actually out here kind of, well, about two hours from me in Cleveland. Right. Um, um, Yeah, I believe so. He, now he had the, um, from my understanding, the clock of destiny, was that like, was that a Masonic organization for our people? If you could explain what, what he did and, and um, how that applied to why, us. Yeah. This is why when we get off the phone, we're going to talk. Maybe you can help me with my technical stuff. Cause I got myself ready. I was going to show you the certificate. Okay. See right. clock of destiny. That's why I said, boy, they know how to really get me. Cointel really know how to get me, man. I used to be on the phone for hours, but you know, giving this information, because we already know, that's why I said that European cherub knew them let you be aware. They done declared war on the people, listening to your stuff and what have you, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and then after a while, they just started cutting my calls after two hours. They dropped my calls and stuff, then I got a call back. That was the only thing I was learning about when I would do interviews. So anyway, CM Bay, let me give you the backstory. Whether I said it is recorded or not, now y'all can hear it. Here's what happened. Once the dirty-ass moors, them damn Nick. Excuse me, big guy. I said I wasn't going to say that. Nackers that was in the temple conspiratized and killed Juali. Once they got him out the way, this is when that half-breed, he was the 32nd, J. Edgar Hoover had his FBI in them infiltrate and had individuals that, you know, helped expand the, the movement. What happened was, right after Juali happened, a lot of stuff happened. 
But know this history. And this is why some individuals may get a little crunchy, but I'm giving history. And I'm glad to one brother, I wish I could remember his name from the Nation of Islam because I have real back, um, real black um, channel from YouTube. He features a lot of Asiatic movies and stuff. And I, and I kind of volunteered back in oh, uh, 2013. He put a video up of Elijah Muhammad, the land. So I went and put history, a quick history, and I basically said this. I said, yeah, we know him in the more science temple of America as Grand Sheik Robert J. Poolbeck. And so this brother wasn't ignorant, and I wish I could remember his name to give my blessings to him, because there's always good brothers and sisters everywhere. Yes. He uh, posted under the video up under my post and saying, well, brother, you know, he was real good, so I'm like, blah, 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 but, you know, there's no historical fact about that. I said, now, my brother, I said, this is a time Cointel is putting a lot of counterintelligence, disinformation, and lies to really disband us. I said, there is records. I said, let me just get to the point to verify what the hell I'm saying. Yeah. Please use your federal government Freedom of Information Act and write to the FBI, the Justice Department, and ask them on a particular subject. You want history of the more science temple of America and during the time period when Dwali was alive and right after. Trust, they will give you names and all of individuals who were in the movie. Not to mention, this is why I wish I had the visual, but I don't have the photo no more. We was trying to preserve a lot of stuff. We preserved a, a, a photo of a poster that had Ali on it that broke down chapter 23 that goes into 12 zodiac signs that you teach your children. And here's the one I'm going to say that we use as fact to show not only the John the Baptist, who was Marcus Garvey, was linked with Ali. Uh, Father Divine was in the picture. And also Brother Grand Sheep Robert J. Poole Bay. It was a long three-foot panoramic black and white photo. Uh, Elder Moore gave us back in the early 90s. And what roundtable thing was, was, was to preserve information and to give it to the people. You understand what I'm saying? Because one, one of my father's saying was, and I say it, we were finding out a lot of that Moorish elders were going to the grave with the knowledge. They were not telling you a lot of things. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. in this picture, on the far right, and this is also what got me crunchy, and when I tried to tell one of my students, it was kind of getting me angry. I described the picture that I'm about to describe to you, and nobody put the hell up on Google yet. So anyway, they're standing outside of the temple. It's a picture of them standing on the sidewalk in front of the temple. So they're practically taking up the whole sidewalk. We had to copy the picture. We used to take it to Kinko's, and they would, you know, photostatic copy the, the photo so it can be clear in black and white. And Drawley's in the center with all these other Moors in various Moors scarves. And far to the right of the picture, your right hand, when you're looking at the picture, you see Elijah Muhammad, which we knew as Grand Sheik Robert J. Poole Bay, standing with the Moors pantaloons that at the time in the 90s, y'all call them hammer pants, with a Moors collared shirt and wearing his turban the way I wear mine, holding the Moroccan Moorish flag on a pole. You couldn't get no more proof than that. 
And were you saying that was from the elder or that was from the, the Freedom of Information that, Act? No, no, that was from an elder that we got our hands on. And then so father and I, we was always reproducing, coming out of our pocket. And we would just sell up a little nominal fee when Moors would come to the Moors Order Roundtable. Yeah. And this is where the Moors in the temple, the Grand Sheep and all, had a problem with us. As well as we was giving up heavy Masonic, it some of the Masons had a problem. But also, those same type of people, all of them was against us. There was a lot of Grand Sheep that was happy that we gave them knowledge. Hell, we, we was yeah, giving stuff that they didn't know. Uh-huh. And some of them were turning up at, at our, our meetings, just as well as some Freemasons were in Eastern Star. Yeah. So... Going back to the conversation, like I told that brother, I said, use the Freedom of Information Act. You will pull that up. So here's the history going back what you asked me so people will know. And I got this directly from back in early 93, we went to Ohio where you were for a Morse New Year's celebration. That's how it was like a shooting a fish in a barrel for me. Um, her beatitude went with us, too. We got a van from Philly and Camden and rode all the way out there to Ohio. I think it was in Dayton, Ohio. They had got a hotel and they had a more function. This is where we got to meet the circle of mother and sons, which is an adjunct to Clock of Destiny and all, and what happened in the Web of Destiny and all, because I got to meet Sage Dumas L. May the Lord rest his soul. I met Sage Dow Thomas Bay. May the Lord rest his soul. And him and I, we became good friends. We were on the phone and he was dropping a lot of heavy stuff on me once I became friends with him from that meeting. Finally got to meet him because prior to that, we were already in communication. I had got their 10 lessons that go even more into the clock of destiny lessons that CM Bay gave. I got not only the, the paperwork that went with it, I also had the audio lecture tape. Wow. So um, I got to meet him. And then that's the weekend also, because the Empress Ghost in L was a guest. I was there when they presented her her fez. They presented her fez like royalty on a uh, royal plush pillow. And her 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 uh, fez was diamond studded. Wow. And then that's when I also inadvertently met Nakeem Bay. He was there. I didn't meet him until afterwards when I looked at the pictures we took. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So, but um, and I met Dumas L. And I met some other ones that I can't remember. And I met another sister who was one of the very few females that was in CM Bay's clock of destiny. And she flew up from Colorado. Okay. I had a mate back then, Sister Imani L. May the Lord rest her soul. Her and uh, them two, her name is Clara or something like that. They became close. So they would talk more on the phone afterwards. So, but anyway, so here's the thing about seeing back. And I was saying about the temple. And tying in the story of me talking to that brother on YouTube through the post. Uh-huh. I said, not only use the Freedom of Information Act, you'll get information. But I said, what y'all must understand, now this, this conspiracy not only lies with the Europeans, it also lies in the hands of you Asiatics. You can't keep talking about no black nationalism and not bring up noble Dwali. Exactly. And yet you keep having these individuals who are your Asiatic, unconscious Asiatic scholars, and they keep talking about the liberation movement. You can't sit up there and pull up no uh, 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 Marcus Garvey. And you don't pull up noble Dwali. So that should tell you it's suspect because Juali and, and Marcus, they were hand in hand. That's right. Remind me of that. And I'll tell you the story about Juali and, 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 and um, John the Baptist, Marcus Garvey. Just right. just say Marcus and, 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 and what have you. Gotcha. All right. 
So I'm saying, you know, these individuals are conspiratizing and not letting the people know of, of the tie. And they keep looking at Dua Ali and this movement as some religious organization. No, this is this is reclaiming your pedigree. That's why we say, I don't want to hear nothing from these daggone Asiatics, whether they're Christians or whatever, and they call themselves black, and yet they want to tell you all about God. Nah, I don't want to hear it. Miss me with that BS. Nah, go ahead. Go ahead somewhere, son. I don't even want to hear it. Why? You can't tell me about God. Yep. Because you're not living up to the one scripture that is almost in all the religious books that says, honor thy mother and thy father that thy days may be long upon the earth land. That's right. Because you are Negroes, especially you're rejecting that your descendancy, your bloodline, your pedigree is Moorish. That's the last legal name on the book. Yep. And you won't claim it, but you keep using Eurocentric terms of Negro, black, and colored. Oh, and somebody among you, because it wasn't a European that hit the reset button, because Jesse pointed y'all 30 years ago in the right direction by saying African-American. Uh-huh. And this is why we had a lot of Moors in the 90s when he said that, those Moors like myself and others that was on the front line teaching y'all, it made it easier for us to reach them. This is why in the early 90s, there was a lot of unconscious individuals became conscious and they got nationalized. Because Jesse pointed them in the right direction. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So now, when I told that brother that, you know, and what have you. I hadn't heard back from him, so I just said, you know, I, I strongly suggest just pull the Freedom of Information Act. You'll get a lot of information. European to tell that truth on it. Alright? Now let me get a history of CMB so you can clear it up and if you think it's Masonic. Yeah, he was a Mason, just as well as Jolly was a Mason. A lot of the followers were Masons. This is what Jolly did before I go into his attic chamber and I tell you that. She had a lot of brothers and sisters that was 32nds and 33rds and what have you. And because they found their way to the temple, all he did was take their buttons and, 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 and um, dues card and what have you and replaced it with the feds and turban and then Morse nationality card. He said, now you're free. Now you don't have the tie around your neck. You're free to tell the people the truth. But people, a lot of people don't know that. Wow. All right. So now, what happened was, the reason why CM Bay was so heavy, he wasn't the only one that got that heavy knowledge that y'all aware of, that he put in print, and what happened. They, and I'm going to say who they were, they were a part of, CM Bay was a part of Noble Jalee's Adam Chamber, meaning he's only one person. Y'all know the headquarters was moved from Shakopee that you call now the corporate state of New Jersey to Chicago. And when I found out the truth about that, as I got older, I was hurt and angry. Because what we learned in the temple was, yes, and the first temple was 1913. And after a while, Prophet Ali moved the headquarters out to Midwest, old Mecca to Chicago, and the rest was history. Yeah. But I come to F and find the hell out. The only reason why he left New Jersey because he had them forced he went out to Chicago. The very damn people he came to save. They yeah. said he literally yeah. was on a damn street. Okay, yeah, I read an old interview. Yeah, with them speaking about that. I think the the preachers in that area, 
Yeah, they they were. But they I'm were. Uh huh. Even yes. Moors, Moors. He was literally running down the street. That's the only damn reason why he went out the hell out of Chicago. I was so hurt. Yeah. And that is insane. So now, when he was teaching, here was his student. I'm telling you what Sage Darrell Thomas Bay told me close to 30 years ago once we became friends after that 93 uh, beautiful uh, wickedness out there in Ohio. He said, Drawley had five main students in his add-up chamber. Here they are. And, and, and this is why I said, damn, I wish I had the Zoom, because I was going to show you Dr. York's book. He wrote, no, who was Noble Drawley? And he even revealed some of them. Here was the people. Prophet Cherry, Dad, Father Divine, Daddy Grace, Robert J. Bay, and Charles Mosley Bay. Wow. And one of the statements that Dell told me that Juali told them, because anybody that knows to go through the process of the more science temple of America, you got to be in it for a while before you then could be initiated and allowed to be in third heaven, which is the Adam chamber. He basically opened the meeting and said to them this. Now, what I had taught you out there, you're going to have to drop at least 95 damn percent of what I told you now. He went in. Yeah. So that heavy that you all taught them out of those five that I just mentioned to y'all Prophet Cherry, Father Divine, Daddy Grace, Robert J. Cool, Charles Mosley Bay, four of them became millionaires off the knowledge you taught them. Uh-huh. So they went and started their own religious movement. Charles Mosley Bay was the only one that didn't sell out or didn't go that fast. He sincerely wanted to free the people. He was preserving the teaching, the political, or you say the jurisprudence, just as well as the historical knowledge. Uh-huh. That's what clock of destiny is. And then so what also happened with this, he told me, Dale Thomas Bay telling me, he said what happened was once he then formulated the clock of destiny, the books, because he also had other grand sheets. Y'all keep saying just Charles Mosley Bay if y'all got the clock of destiny. And you see the other um, names in there, the other grand sheets. They were other researchers that con- that contributed. Yeah. All right? Uh-huh. So once he finished it, he also drafted your Morse National Constitution, which is the Morse Zodiac Constitution, and your clock of destiny nationality. He then went to the Library of Congress and registered under Truth A-1. AA222141. Damn, I wish I had the Zoom because I was going to hold it up so y'all can see the certificate that a dirty more took off the damn Library of Congress because y'all can't get it no damn more. It would invalidate your stance and your Morse nationality card when you're correcting your name on all your, your, your stuff. I digress. Roll with a brother. Roll with a brother. So. Once he registered in the Library of Congress, he also then took it to the Justice Department and made sure it was registered there under the same number. So they let them know, we're not Negro, Black, or color. We're Asiatic by race, and we are Moorish American. We're the true indigenous people here. So that's what we were known as. That's why it's one of the, you know, that's the last legal name on the books that they, that they have for you. You understand what I'm saying? 
But these individuals now go talk about we ADOS, we, we descendants yeah. of slaves. I'm like, you've been on this planet since in time immemorial. You're going to take a granule of your experience here and use a Eurocentric term. Meaning you're Europeans, y'all. Yes, yes, I'm doing Cat Williams. Scandinavian. Yeah, homicide. Things as an identity. You motherfuckers are tripping. Let me make my point in another way so you can get it. Yeah. Let's talk ourselves to the Ashkenazi Jews when they went through the Holocaust. Now, they done obviously had oppressive slur names put upon them. One of them is the Heine word or something like that. And the other one is the K-word, kike, or something like that. Imagine if they came out of the other side of the Holocaust and they started saying, oh, they, you know, we kike people, we had kike power, and, you know, k-power, and we this and that, and we demand our reparations. I'm asking you, well, you conscious, but I wish we had an unconscious person, and they would have to answer favor. Do you think they would have got that damn tangible? No way. If they were German-centric, slur names as an identity. No, they weren't going to give them daggone German of Nazi oppressors no damn stuff. They kept their dignity. They yeah. went in Jews and they came out as Jews. Mm-hmm. And they're still seeking their reparations. Just up to about five to seven years ago, they done grabbed some old Methuselah Nazi soldiers and arrested their asses and yeah. took their ass, took them over to the egg somewhere over there. They. they still look for their reparations. Yeah. They would have never got their, their, their tangible. So that's the same theory and logic we must convey to these brothers and sisters. You knew that the Europeans put those names upon you. Yeah. There's a there's videotape of me at a Dell Jones lecture when they were celebrating 500 years their so-called discovery in the United States uh-huh. at Rutgers University when he was pimping his book, Culture Bandit. So he opened for answers and questions. And that was right at the time when Jesse said we were no longer calling ourselves Nigga, black or color, you will call yourself African American. So this one sister before I got up on the mic to give her an answer because I felt as though Dell did not answer her question. She said, "I know we as black people, but I want to know what term should we use." Jesse said we should call ourselves African American and black. He gave some dumb penny ass dumb damn answer. And I'm gonna tell you what I had on my head. I had my I had my kente cloth around my neck and kente cloth telebush with my crescent and star diamond crescent star that I still wear on my turban. And my girlfriend was there. God rest her soul. My cousin Michael Ill was there. God rest his soul. And my cousin Dawu, I love him so much. Made more deal with his health. He had a heart debilitating stroke. So they was trying to stop me. He was like, "No, Hannibal, no, no, no." I said, "I got this. I got this." <laughs> went up on the mic and I said, this is more of an answer to your question than asking a question. I said, I'm going to give you all the basic tools y'all need. You need a, a well-stocked Webster um, unabridged dictionary and get some old encyclopedias. And I generally said to them and broke down the grammatical functions of words because I was saying, you're not black. You learn in third grade. What's a noun? A person, place, a thing. What's a verb? Action word. What I had to get the answer because none of them suckers knew it. Yeah. Said, What's an adjective? It describes, but it does not identify. I said, so if you're saying you're black, that falls under ADJ. For one, it's going to be in lowercase when you look it in the dictionary. And I said, but if you get the unabridged older collegiate dictionaries, like I'm telling you, you will see it was a time the Europeans used to call you blackamore. And the elder stood up and yelled, that's right, that's right. 
I still and I have seen that video today. And that was in 1991. That was actually on Columbus Day because we heard them shoot the firecrackers and stuff from over Philly. Uh-huh. Anybody with this area, Rutgers is close to the to the uh, Whittuck River that the Europeans are renamed and called Delaware. Yeah. I got going back to CM Bay. So, when CM Bay registered that work, I know you know the story because I dropped some of my stuff on you, but I know you want me to say it for the sake of everybody here because they need to hear this. This is how serious this conspiracy is, brothers and sisters. Yeah. One day, CM Bay gets a knock on his damn door. Guess who was at the door? Who is it? Ah, my brother. Come and take a walk with us. CM Bay obviously got his feds his jacket and went with them. They took him down to their local Jewish um, vault. Um, bank and said, we heard you put the clock of destiny, go to that constitution and the Morse nationality and register in the Library of Congress. We want you to take it off the registry. And then they proceeded to open their bank, their bank vault door and said, if you do, we keep our word. We'll give you every damn dollar that's in them, on them damn shelves right now. And CNB said, no, I can't because I'm just, in, this is part of my destiny, my purpose. I can't do this. So now let me give you more of what CM Bay, uh, that Dow Thomas Bay conveyed, because y'all obviously familiar with this knowledge that we finally had to get on the East Coast. So Dow proceeded to tell me when the split happened, the Europeans had their FBI paying their agent provocateurs to help split the movement up, and then killed off Noble Dry Lee. Now them FBI agents are talking to the agent provocateurs plus the Moors that was in the temple. Now, let me go a little, let me backtrack just slightly before I continue on. Those who are in the temple and you see your Quran, your Morse button, and your nationality card, they're red and blue, yeah. that was a result sellout. Prior to that, and this is what I would have showed on the Zoom, so I think we can, you know how we roll, so it's just a matter of you help me with the technical stuff with the Zoom, then I can show you the stuff and people can see it. Yeah. All this stuff was the colors of you moors. It was red and green, your nationality card, your buttons, and all that ish. Wow. That was the result of the payout. Them moors that stayed in the temple took a payout up to about $20,000 because the European government wanted them to disband. So the ones that remained did the color change. But here was the other things that happened at that time. You had an individual who claimed to be Noble Drawley just then made the offshoot in the movement, the reincarnated temples. Yeah. Then you had a good portion of the Moors that left with Grand Sheikh Robert J. Poole with his new uh, lost foundation of Islam. Now, let me give you a backstory that Daryl told me that a lot of people don't know regarding uh, the land. Drawley was truly a divine man. He also had this foresight um, of predictions, if you will. So one day he was in his office, and you know how everything is properly done. You have a mufti, and his job is to stand at the door winner. So one day Drawley came out of his door, his, his office and walked up to that brother that was his job to guard the door. He said to the brother, brother, you tell that brother he can go ahead and start his own movement. And then he proceeded to walk right back. And that mufti was befuddled. But lo and behold, some minutes later, one, two, three, because that's how more knocks. Nobody don't answer yet. 
You do it again. One, two, three. If nobody answers the door, you do one. Now, how many numbers is that of knock? Seven. Right. That's how more is supposed to knock. Also, those who are traveling or brothers in a mystic tie or the other term, higher abyss, or a traveling man, meaning a Freemason, <clears throat> all that sounds familiar. Yeah. It's not when you knock on the door to visit a brother and stuff. So anyway, he answers the door. Guess who was on the other side of the door? And the brother just said what the prophet had told him. It was, it was Grand Sheik Robert J. Poole. Poole Bay. Wow. Now, here's what went on before I go... Um, Back in CM Bay, breaking down, you know, what his movement was. Real quick, right, just with um, what you just said, there's a a picture on the screen. It says, Final Call to Islam, published weekly by Elijah Mm -hmm. Mohammed, spelled with an O. And it says, Muslim in here, spelled with an O. It's got a picture of, uh, it says, Prophet Fard in the the headline. Prophet Fard. Mm -hmm. And it says, do not miss next week's article, Prophet Fard Muhammad is our deliverer by prophecy of the Bible and Quran, and you can see all the members of the um, Lost Found Nation of Islam wearing fezzes. And this is from 1934. See what I'm saying? Because I'm going to go into that. Now, let me tell you a piece that Daryl told me during the conspiracy leading up to Juwali. I love this brother. He's a distant cousin of ours because he is of our tribe and a young Wea that they call Cherokee. And this story is always told in the temple, but it is, I'm going to give you more. Those who are in the temple are familiar of the story when he was falsely arrested and, the co- and being in the cop's possession and custody, they beat him bad. Yes, yes. Because the general way they told us, he basically, you know, succumbed to his wounds and what have you. And I was hurt. My cousin revealed it to me on my birthday some years back, and I was hurt another detail. I thought I knew how he died, but it's another detail. When they beat him, they strapped him down on a block of ice. Wow. So that's why you, you see the you you see on his death certificate pneumonia. Yeah. I was so hurt. So this is what Sage Dow Thomas Bay had revealed to me, another detail regarding that. Because you gotta look at it. He called Moors. I'm going at the scene when he was arrested. He made a call to his so his, I think like him really heard of I'm the Canaanite trick. Come and clean the body. Because those who are in the higher sciences know how to what we call do the Nova journey. And you can make your body appear to be dead, but you're in your astral body and you're seeing and, and hearing things that's going on. Or put it in layman's terms like a ghost. Others yeah. can't see you unless this guy is open and they can see you. So he had to do it, but he only could do it for a certain amount of time, for about an hour. You know them damn black ass behind his name left him? What? Wow. They did not come and claim his body. Yeah. But I say, in my two cents, can you imagine how much that hurt him? Because then he's wondering why possibly within the first 10 or so minutes, why nobody come and get him? So, because he's in his free form, he could easily go and travel to those brothers' houses, let alone if they're in the temple, and see what's going on. Now he's hearing what they're conspiring. Now nah, we ain't going to get his black ass. Let his ass right in there. We get him out the yeah. way because everybody that's in the temple knows they always say they categorize they were temple moors and they were business moors. 
the business more is realized to see how much money they can make off of what Drolly put out, the, the, the ointment, the teas and stuff like that, and the charms and what have you. And he was blocking them because he was like, no, you don't want to make a profit off our people. You know, you come to heal them. And yeah. so it's different than the, the story of Jesus. You know what I mean? The, the, the damn rabbi priest and them conspiratized to get the people to turn on them, which our people turned prophet Esau, prophet Emmanuel, prophet Yahshua, prophet Jesus over to the Romans. So you can imagine he was probably hurt. They didn't come and pick him up. So now he got back in his body and they eventually released him. Now, this is part with James Johnson, which I heard from out of his mouth. I got to meet him. And when I tried to get back with him in 97, it was too late. I got to speak to his beloved wife. And I called and she was like, nah, he passed. I was like, oh, man. It's like I should have called. And I guess I was so comfortable talking to Dal Chalmers. So anyway, Dal and James filled in. When Ju Ali got released, he had to be snuck out of town. And this is how they did it. He said, back in the day in the rails, when you're transporting a dead body in a coffin, by law, it's, it's, it's desecration. You can't just open it up. So they snuck him out in a coffin. Uh-huh. So once he got out of the city, he only went with one more that he could trust. And that was Grand Sheik Robert J. Poole Bay. Now I'm talking about a piece of history that's not talking. It's only it's only hush among those Moors in Chicago and all them that know this that Dal told. Yes. So now he said when he went to him, Elijah hit him out. Now since you brought up the Farad, that's what this is touching on. He said, you notice Elijah had always talked about you know the master Farad taught him and everything. And he said he would come to his house and he would teach him and that's how he supposed to got his knowledge, right? Yeah. But yet also, isn't it written? And it was said by him, not even his what? Family even seen him. That meant nobody in this this time ever got to meet him. But Elijah got taught by him. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Now, you're a father. So before I go any further, because I'm making this stuff simple and plain. Like I said, I'm the more to tell y'all what you need to hear. And I make stuff sound simple. And plain. You a father. Tell me what would happen when somebody knock at your door. Because just before we got hit up, we was already and you was like, let me go ahead and feed my two little ones. If somebody knock at that door, and as they get older, it's gonna generally happen. Yeah. Tell me, do they halfway run to the door, if not at least behind you to be nosy to see who's coming in? Oh yeah, yeah, they're right there. Thank yeah. you. So now I wanted you to say that in any and all damn parents will back what I'm saying. And as more older than they get, they get brave enough to go raise, to go open the door. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now saying that, so you can follow what I'm saying. How are you going to have this man come to your house and neither your children nor your wife got to meet him? Uh-huh. Exactly. See my point? Yeah. Now I'm going to fill in. I set you up with that so I can now tell you what Daryl revealed. So the so-called, uh, the person that was a lot that taught him, I just told you who knocked on his door because he, he needed to hide out. He was housing yeah. Noble Drali. So he proceeded to tell me. So Drali was in the room and Drali was writing. He wouldn't even come out of the room. All you got to do is go back and forth with what Elijah had revealed and some of what I'm telling you. Because they would even say, 
that Elijah had said that, you know, allowing the person of God, you know, when I want to check on him, I go peek through my own peek keyhole in the room that I was the name in, and he would stop and look back. And he said, then I will move away. But I'm telling you that person was noble Drali. So now he said, then Drali obviously finished writing what he was writing. Then he opened the door and called him in and he proceeded to say this. He said it in so many um, words that, you know, it's going to be a time I ain't going to be around long. He said, what I'm handing you right now is going to be a watered down version of Islam. The reason why is because it's going to be a time some of my best moors are going to wind up going back to the church. A lot of people, you know what I mean, are, are not going to be in the temple when we're happy. Yeah. He said, I need you to keep Islam on the lips of the people. And then the rest is history. Wow. wow. Yeah, now, let me sense. go back. To, now, let me go back to, because it's not mainly told. Dow's not here to tell it. But this is the stuff in, uh, that was our motivation of the Morse Order Roundtable. We're trying to preserve and give this information to the brothers and sisters because a lot of the elders were going to the grave with it. This is also was the premises of her beatitude over in Philly and also Sister Atikia Bay. Those were the two that was teaching us 30 years ago. This fall were marked 30 years we have known them. They had us in their house in Germantown, Philadelphia. As uh -huh. The living widow had just passed. May the Lord rest her soul um, this August. And it hurt me and Sister Rashida Bay because she, she, she was still good friends with her. She was in a, uh, one of the homes and stuff. So you know how they did with the quarantine. They wouldn't let nobody go in. So this woman passed yeah. alone. So, and then you and I were behind the scenes. You threw it out there. Y'all don't know if he ain't never told y'all. This is a beautiful brother on this other end. He was going to facilitate it. We, if she would have answered the phone, and what have you, he was going to try to uh, interview the living widow at the Kia Bay before she passed. He wanted to interview her so that he could be introduced to what we heard. But it, but it didn't happen. And that was back in August. Y'all would have probably got that. But I'm going to set it up that you also get to speak to her the opportunity to stay at Araha with Sheeta Bay. All right, yeah. so... Yes. Um, yeah, they, they, they taught us, and they were the ones who brought us into the Great Seal Association of Moshe Affairs. And another thing y'all need to understand, a lot of the individuals that formulated the Great Seal Association of Moshe Affairs, a lot of them have passed. The only living person now that was a co-founder of it is her beatitude, the Seder Raha, Sister Rashida Bay in Philadelphia. She's the last living co-founder of the Great Seal. Wow. So y'all got to meet her. Yeah, Beautiful definitely. sister. She's a master astrologer. That's what Sayed, Sayed Raha is. She's a master astrologer. And she also teaches a lot of more history and everything. She's well-respected and well-loved. I told her, I said, hey, every time I see you, I'm always giving my hugs and kisses and I you know, give, give respect to you just like I do my other family and all. Because my father taught me, you appreciate the elders to have this knowledge. But everybody got their negative stuff with them. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? But it's part of your, also part of your Moorish culture. You always give respect to your elders just as yes. well as you brothers always give respect to your wives just as well as you wives give respect to your husbands and then as i tell y'all give respect to your little cherubs if they're little girls you address them as princess if you address if you have boys you address them as prince because it gives power spiritual power to your bloodline that's right all right so now going back to cm bay 
What happened was, during the time Drew Ali died, there was massive frack factions. And this is where I tell the Moors, why y'all say Islam is a greeting? Here's the history. The reason why y'all say it is because Elijah had took a great number of Moors with him to start his movement. Then you have Moors that were now claiming to be under John Given Hill, who I think is a chauffeur or whatever, claiming to be the reincarnated. Now he split the temple within that. So now when those Moors and all in Chicago and everywhere would see other Moors on the street, they didn't know if they were speaking to one that went and went under the reincarnated, the new established reincarnated temple of under John Gibbons Hill, or that they were with Elijah Muhammad's Nation of Islam. Because again, I tell you Moors, all right, it's good that y'all say Islam, but I'm going to give you, I'm giving you the history. I'm about to give you the history why y'all say it. That I chide y'all, and I'm a magi. Yeah. Our greeting is Ahilam. Ahilam is the holy word that the Creator used when it created each and everything in all creation. And it is the greeting that you Moors, before, way before you were Muslims and Hebrews and all that, you were, you were Hittian. It means knowledgeable people of God. But you outsiders of the faith called us either the king priest or queen priest or magus or magi. So I use the word magi because you're familiar with that. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, who's not because I kind of lost my foot. Um, Still speaking on, on CM Bay and also. Um, okay. Faction, the fa- yeah, the faction. So. Those Moors that were at the main temple trying to hold that down, they said, all right, we got to solve this. So then what they did was they, they held a Adap meeting in the Adap chamber. And out of that meeting, like I said, y'all don't understand. Y'all are monsters. When Dwali taught, he taught from, that was on the podium when he taught. He's yeah. not only the circle set Quran, it was also the Quran of Mecca and the Bible. Uh-huh. So y'all being Muslims, the universal greeting is assalamu alaikum. Yep. That's what the Muslims were doing when Juali was alive. So I'm gonna about to tell you, so those Moors want to differentiate the other two that faction from the main Moors temple. So then they decided, all right, the way we'll recognize Moors that's down with the main temple under Juali, we're now gonna change the greeting from assalamu alaikum to Islam and then when we part, we say peace. Yeah. I just did a mic drop. Bam. Now <laughs> that's where y'all go where it came from. Now uh-huh. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm giving you the history. But I also say, what's wrong with y'all not using your universal greeting of Asalaamu Alaikum? Peace be unto you. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I now all the history of where it came from. Again, I'm not saying it's wrong. But I also just told you what uh, 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 Ali gave Brother Muhammad. He said, I need to have you keep Islam on the lips of the people because some of my best ones are going to go back to the church. Yeah. And, and he he did more than just keep keep it going. He also started the businesses. You know, he, he was right. actually following the formula that the prophet had, um, had started or following right. his footsteps. That's why I give it to him. Yeah. To him, and I, I love that brother. Like I said, I was born under the Islam faith when Father was a nation of Islam. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we will still get that brother uh, credit for what he had done for our people. Yeah, that I, I want to knowledge- make sure people don't get it confused, too. Like, we, we honor uh, Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And just because it showed that old newspaper article where um, uh, uh, Brother Far Muhammad was referred to as the prophet and they were wearing the feathers, not disparaging the nation of Islam. Uh, no nope. disrespectful. We're just being honest. We have to tell the truth because we're light bringers. They would be. They would be very surprised. The people again, as I use the term, the nigger industry is a big business. Yeah. Not only Europeans, ain't always the Europeans that help keep help keeping you sleep. You know, like the Matrix. Yeah. So when you're talking about your agent provocateurs, or let's say your Judas is right for their 30 silver pieces, it benefits them as long as you sleep. As soon as yeah. you wake the hell up, come on, let's be real. Yeah, we black and the black and the black and the black. Yeah, because, you know, I got this new name, but if you buy my book, my brother, because I am, what? Brother, brother, the general. How to be a whole master. Buy my book, 1999. And here, you take this, you do this, and what have you, and we will teach you this. And then, next thing you know, Another year come by again, and they're peddling another damn book. Yep. When y'all gonna stop playing shoots and ladders when your enemies are playing chess? Yeah. Because you ain't playing more, even though you were still off. But now y'all at the point, y'all ridiculous right now. We we are the laughing stock of all nations. Now let me get back to the story. <laughs> so <laughs> that's when that's what happened with that. So now here is CM Bay. He's seeing all of this that's going down. So those who came with him, he said, you don't indicate with me. Take the hell out of preserving all the heavy knowledge he got from the nation, uh, from, from the um, Adam Chamber, from the Moorish nation that he learned from Noble Juali. That's what Clock of Destiny is. And he just happened to be a high degree Mason. So he was tying all that in because that's your Moorish culture. Yeah. And then it took me a shock, which I think me and you talked, when I said, you know, as far as we know, and I was born under the symbol that represented Islam was the crescent and star. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm looking at the destiny, and y'all should know, this is why I would have held up and y'all to see, we looking at the daggone Adam Chamber knowledge that CM Base brought. He threw me in a loop, looking at them other four symbols. Yeah. And first, we noticed what they were called the Jewish star. Actually, that's the star of us Hittians. We're the original, if you will, Jews. But we weren't called Jews. We were called Hittians. See, our faith is about 7,000 years old. When you look up at the Ashkenazi Jews, tell you, they'll tell you their faith is about, what, 3,500 years. They brag that the Christian faith and the Islamic faith came out of them. Yeah. But I told you, we're the original holders of that faith, of that, of that creed. That was the universal symbol that represented us but I'm using the term that y'all recognize, the Magi. So that means they can't account for about 3,000 to over 300, 3,500 years. And we also know that's the, that's the symbol, because another word you'll see in our literature under the Holy Corbett and all, that we use the term tribe. So those of you who get the higher science, or we'll say the higher history of the children of Israel, Israel, children of Israel, is just nothing but the old ancient code name for Moors. 
This is why I tell Moors, don't get into argument if, if you run into a brother Hebrew. It's like, yes, you're Hebrew. Those who crossed over the freeze, children of Abrahamic lineage. And also, y'all need to start using, y'all are, uh, are the Shemitic people. I know they say Semitic, so you can say Semitic. When y'all being attacked, you throw around, that's a new buzzword. They got buzzwords out here. Let you say something, and, and this brother... I met him personally when I went on the show, but Daddy knows him, and he married Mariah Carey. Matter of fact, her birthday did that. Okay. Uh, he wears his turban, and look what he said some truth, and they're going to call it anti-Semitic. Did they not come down on him like the wrath of God? And he backed down because he's not he's not solid with this knowledge. Yeah. But he was supposed to them because he's Semitic. How are you going to be anti-self? Yeah, that would have been a perfect time to let him, let him know or, or, or contact you or your father. To come on and and, mm -hmm. and and speak with them, you know. And he uh, knows Father. Percy. He knows Father. Wow. Percy. I got people out here that can verify this conversation that happened when we were coming up from Baltimore, and the beautiful cherub Gianna and uh, the beautiful cherub Isaiah. He used to play for um, the um, Baltimore Ravens. I think he's going to get back into the NFL because we just went to their temple meeting and all. We stayed down there um, for a weekend and, and they got to take us to their meetings and showing us that they embraced the knowledge that we gave them down in the Baltimore area. So they rode us back up to Philly and Camden, you know. So I'm talking, and I mentioned that I met the brother, and then I always ask, I always pose this to y'all. I said, so when y'all see my father wearing that silver great seal medallion around his neck, I said, ask him who gave it to you, but I gave it to him. But I give y'all the answer so y'all can understand the people that are studying this knowledge. Yeah. This March the 20th or the 21st year, Daddy was given that as a gift from a songbird. She is a legend now. I remember when she came out in 90. Guess who it was? I just told you who her birthday is today. Yeah. Mariah Carey. Uh-huh. She was studying Daddy's work, our work that we was putting out. And he was going up to New York a lot, but he was doing it from contracting work. And one of her secretaries and all was the, the liaison and let him know that she was reading and studying the work. And then one day she came back to daddy and said, here, Mariah giving you the gift. Wow. Why do y'all take her out of her twins? Her boy is named Moroccan. Yeah. And then we all knew the chair, um, Nick Cannon. He's a very nice guy. All of a sudden, he wasn't wearing a crown until after he married that gorgeous honey. Yeah. So that meant she influenced him. Yeah. So now I'm going to the car ride back in the uh, 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 June of 2019. Um, well, I'm sitting there telling him, yeah, I met Nick. I went on the show and everything and everything. You know, they blocked me and whatever. And Daddy was like, Oh, yeah. Um, I talk to Nick all the time. Hell, he just sent me some new pictures of the baby. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, like you just, you said it before I did. You, you know what I mean? We got to stop having more getting this knowledge and being on the surface mm -hmm. with it. You, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Because then he could have stood, he could have stood solid with this and shut that stuff down because y'all the Semitic people, you the original Semitic, you the children of uh, uh, Israel. You know that's what? what I was saying? If he, if he would have said, if he would have said he, you know, he was, he was, um, he was going to have you or your father speak. 
with him or or, or even it insinuate that he, he's studying with you, they probably would have left it alone because they, they don't want to open up that can of worms, you know? Because we come in with facts, legal documents, you know what I'm saying? You know, these brothers and sisters up here playing shoots and ladders when your enemies are playing checkers. I mean, chess. And they're sitting up there talking about, yeah, you black, 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 this and that. No, your last legal name on the book is Moore's. Yeah. I love the fact that one day from years ago, my dad comes back with a flyer, six pages. He didn't did his research. Now I'm going to talk about the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, but us Moore's in the temple knew him as L. He was mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln L. He was a Moore. He was just one of the lighter skinned ones that passed. So he brings up the case and got to remind people, remember, Lincoln was a lawyer before he was a president. Yeah. Daddy served up his last legal case this man fought. Mind you now, I just told you, this case took place. He was a, he was a lawyer during a time when y'all were enslaved. Yeah. The case was, was held in place during the 1850s. Guess what the, the Denby case was about? And it was during the 1850s. He was damn espousing, I am not a Negro, I'm a Moor. Yep. And this is during slavery. And guess what? Lincoln won that damn case. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then Father even pointed out and said that the damn magistrate of the court case said, wait a minute. He even stopped. He put the hand up. Wait a minute. I want to make this clear. Are you saying you're not a M? O-O-R-E, correct. He said, so you're saying you're M-O-O-R. He said, correct. Yeah. Let me do Uncle Ruffin. Bro, say, and then the rest is history. Uh-huh. But these damn so-called black and the black and the black, because I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black and the black and the black, black, y'all. Oh, now, let me change this up. Because every 12 to damn 15 damn years, you keep changing your goddamn identity, and it's still Eurocentric terms. Yeah. Oh, we the sentence of slaves. And then you're going to sound like the, the, the new damn pharmaceutical-ish and the new medical disorder that came out 30 years ago, ADA, what was it, AD, what was it ADD or ADH? You goddamn, they started distributing Ritalin because you have a dependent deficit <laughs> syndrome. Cause that's what the hell you're saying when you're talking about them. I'm a descendant of say, no, we ADOS and what have you. But I'm glad the brothers and sisters that are still unconscious, they're now attacking that because they realize that that's bogus. Yeah. So I'm happy with that. But go back to, like I said, about the Dell Jones that is recorded. I still have not seen that video because he recorded that. Yeah. Once I told y'all, I still can see it. And this was on Columbus Day. We're even hearing in the background, there's fireworks they were celebrating over in Philadelphia. But I said, you look in the dictionaries, it was a time the Europeans, even during slavery, they called you black or more. And as time went on, this is why Europeans are always damn making new editions of books. They took it the hell out. They didn't want your asses to wake up. Yep. And one thing, no, um, one thing, just, just to build off of that, um, what you were saying, um, you got this old newspaper article up on the screen from 1871. And this is in Nashville. Right. It says the amalgamation case. So you, you had a, a a mix, what they would call a mixed race couple. It says John Faulkner, a Negro or mixed breed man, and Ann Faulkner, a white woman, were arrested on charge of violating the law, 
So it was illegal for them to get married in Tennessee. This was in Nashville, 1871. The man had nothing to say. The main defendant seemed to devolve upon the woman, and she conducted it very ingeniously. Listen to what she said. She said that her husband did not belong to the black race, but descended from Moorish and Indian parentage, as his uh, <laughs> appearance indicated. So she, she <laughs> this was you know known. This was known. All right. And, and they had to dismiss it to go back to look at it later on, you know. So um, this, <laughs> this is going on. That was around Abraham Lincoln's time, you know, a little bit after him, 1871. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So let me say my old word. I can say pit ale. Pit <laughs> ale. That, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I'm saying to you unconscious brothers and sisters, you need to examine these people that's calling to be your scholars, and they keep damn talking about, and the word more means black. No, you damn Judas. I don't yes. care if you're a goddamn scholar. It doesn't. More comes from your purebred pedigree. You were descendants. You are the children of Lemurians. Now I got y'all where I want you. Uh-huh. I just said you were the children of Israel. Let's unpack that a little bit. And even the great, uh, uh, the lamb, a lot of Muhammad taught you that. Now we're talking about the history of Yaqub Kakashus Kushaitan. All right. So what y'all need to know, during his time, it was nothing but dark, melanated people that populated this planet. The different shades of complexion to the Albion did not exist until after he what? Did his great experiment. Uh-huh. This is one of the lessons that goes into what CM Bay revealed in the clock of destiny. He does touch on the Yakub experiment. But when you get some 10 daggone lessons, it goes more into it. So let me give it to you in a snapshot. He actually started it here in the area you call King Kentucky, King Tut as the key. And so during that administration, the Lemurian administration, the Lemurian world empire, his father, Morluakane Hill, say, yo, and the others was concerned, the councils and all was like, yo, he's doing this experiment. He might create a new disease and wipe us all off the face of Earth. Now, when we boys were saying this, and CM Bays and Daryl Thomas Bay and James Johnson Bay and Dumas Hill and all them, y'all couldn't conceive it. But since you didn't experience 2020, now you can understand. Yeah. Are we not still dealing with a goddamn world pandemic? Uh-huh. So you can understand that. So here, what happened was, all going past all the formalities, he went and finally found something that he can uh, crossbreed with the Lemurian DNA. Because what he was doing, and here's his reason. We just got back into the photon belt energy. Please, y'all, do y'all research on the photon belt cosmic energy. Yes. Do, this is, I'm also giving you the flag, as Juali said, your flag is over 10,000 years old. All right? All right. So now we're going in the period before the 10,000 years. We were starting to come out of the photon belt energy and 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 Yakub wanted us to go with the, the cosmic energy that was changing that was going to lower. Because the photon belt energy heightens everything down to the molecular structure. If you want to evolve spiritually, you evolve even more. If you want to devolve, you evolve even more. As you see in the social media and the mainstream media, they keep focusing in the news, all the atrocities. But you do do sometimes see the extremes, it's other polarity of good deeds that are being done. 
but they focus it on the negative. But I digress. So that was his purpose. So when he finally looked at all the, the um, how can we say, different kingdoms and what have you, he settled on the primate, which was called the Negro Javera Arabo. Uh-huh. The Europeans didn't give this daggone primate name until the late 1800s, and they called it chimpanzee. Yeah. Please look this up, y'all, so you can understand where I'm coming from. Don't just say Father Dr. Hannibal said, you know, because he said this, you know what I'm saying? No, go and look it up. Hell, you can look it up on Wikipedia. That's right. All right? And they'll tell you, where did they get the name? They didn't name it until the late 1800s. The, the zoologists and all named it chimpanzee. And guess what they say it means? Mock man. Hmm. That's what it means. So then he started to do the experiment. And that's when they had concerns. So then he decided to go into the area you call Mexico. Mexico only means mixed moors. And then he went past the equator. And then that's when he went down to South America, the stream down to South America and all. And he proceeded to really get into the experiment. It actually took him 40 years. And he had 12 memorials. He did the science. Once he completed, the first one was an Albion, red hair, and green eyes. Uh-huh. Bay pointed out that the Yakuza experiment is in the Bible. A portion of it is. And I'm going to tell you where. Yeah, where is it, Father Hannibal? Yeah. Glad you asked. <laughs> in Genesis chapter 25, verse 25, right. where it talks about two children being born. One was hairy coat red all over, holding on to the other twins. All right? Yeah. Okay. So now, once he sat there and completed it, he then had to make it a mate so it can populate, you know what I mean, to produce it in mass production to, to finish the rest of his experiment, to start making a beautiful complexion com- uh, bouquet of people. Uh-huh. So then he went in, because again, this is all Europeans are doing with the science of DNA and all that. DNA splicing ain't nothing new. What I'm talking to you is what your ancestors was able to do. Hell, you created the damn pig. That's why you Muslims, us Hickians, and Jews, and your Zarathustrians, because there's Zarathustrians of us uh, Hittians or Magi. That's why we know not to eat the damn pig. Yeah. It was the great Egyptian, which you may say Egyptian uh, um, uh, 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 doctor, really, they should have said it. Uh, uh, what do they call it? The Hippocratic Oath. The doctor should be taking an in in hotel oath. He's one of the oldest doctors on records and stuff that you can get. Well, anyway, I digress. We had a problem. I'm speeding up. Follow with me, and I'm gonna go back to the Yakub thing. When you gave the island of Palan that they now call Europe to the men, because Yakub did find out he did wind up doing what the Lemurian society was worried about. He did create some new damn diseases. When you created the European, you then created syphilis and gonorrhea and tuberculosis. And then he targeted it because I was, I was going to say, you can also, we were so knowledgeable, we can also determine and know to make a certain gender. Yeah. So then he rounded up all the men, but kept the women down in South America. And then he put the men on the island of Palan. This is where you get your Greek civilization. That's why they're so-called art. 
A lot of stuff they can't put on display. Hang on, hang on a second. We're trying to get this audio up. Saying the audio's breaking up. Because then you're seeing the men with their with their little pee pee erect, and they some of them even copulating with each other. But I digress. Um, they weren't burying their dead, and the goddamn stench was coming over into Africa. So Inotep recognized that it was a problem. So then he reached into the animal kingdom and took, since he had DNA knowledge, and took the DNA from a cat, rat, and dog, which formulated the pig. But y'all looking at it, the pig. But the Europeans were starting to get to know the knowledge of, of breeding. To make it simpler for you, y'all know the Aquarian, uh, Aquarian um, what they call horses, and they start talking about the subject of uh, purebred or this certain breed. Same thing with the dog. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? So you got that concept in your head. So I'm going back to the pig. So the first generation of it, that's why you got wild boars or razorbacks. And I warn you all, when you go up in the damn woods, and we do have some wild boars here in the U.S., yeah. when you see them bad boys in the damn woods, you better start running and get out of there with they ain't nothing but giant ass damn rats, and they got some big ass stuff. They will chase you down. They can run real fast, and they will try to kill you. Oh yeah, so yeah. I've seen a picture of one uh, that this European killed out in Texas, and it was mm-hmm. on the back of the truck. Man, that thing was huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only Gentiles will eat the pig. But I'm telling you, Muslims. That's the main reason why you don't eat it. Unless you're savage enough, you eat snakes, frogs, and rats, and stuff like that, and what have you. All right, well, hey, good for you. But that's the reason why you don't. But you, we also understand, we, which we kind of lost, but we're now getting that knowledge. You got the herbalists and all them, and the dietitians. You are what you eat. That animal is very unclean. And you fuck around and eat it, even though you can get worms from other stuff, but you damn sure won't get some worms from, from that. Elijah Muhammad broke down the science that he got from uh, the prophet. Uh, his book was Eat to Live or something like that. And, you know, required reading and what have you. And he broke down how individuals that eat pork, they don't have no shame. They'll walk around naked. They'll do all kind of lewd things and blah, blah, blah. And then now the scientists, you can pull stuff up on YouTube. You can see now, you now seeing that I've watched some medical videos where people have problems where the worms work their way to the eyes. And I've seen some operations where they're moving, removing worms coming out of the person's eye. And then they also had, we started hearing cases of a woman down in Texas somewhere like that from years ago. She was wondering why she losing uh, form and coordination. And I think she was about to almost go blind. Couldn't find out her damn brain was full of worms. They had to go in and remove Yeah. But I digress. So, yeah, that's why you see those are the first generations. So then the Europeans learned what they call domesticate. So the pigs that y'all eat and you see on the farms, that's because that's through breeding. They knew how to domesticate. So, you know what I mean? So with that knowledge, you don't think they know how to do that with humans? Why do you think it was so important for them during slavery that they would quickly snatch a child that was born and quickly sell him off and then him or her? And then as soon as they get over there, they're mixing them with another uh, uh, tribe of a more on another plantation. For one, they don't get to see their parents and stuff no more, their family. And as soon as they get of a certain age, 
or they would even have a, a more a male more that was kind of girl or whatever. Europeans even made money off of taking that guy to visit other plantations and say, I'll breed him with you. You'll get some good niggers. Yeah. And you have some great and strong ni- nigglets. Give us one of your daggone winches and then purposely force them to have sex. Imagine the little girl, the little Morse girl being terrorized by a big, burly Moor that was whipped for the purpose to just screw every damn girl. And he had to obey his master just as well as she had to obey her master. These are the atrocities these daggone bastards were doing. Yeah. But, and so now you're mixing the tribes and stuff up. But I digress. So I just wanted to give you an understanding of DNA splicing, what happened. So Inhotep uh, created the pig because a pig can eat anything. And then once he created it, then he dispersed them into Europe to start eating their dead bodies because the stench was so bad, it was making its way into Africa as far as even as Egypt. So that was how that animal came about. You you created it, so you knew not to eat it. Yeah. But that is the main reason why you don't eat it. Now, going back to the Yakub experiment down south, he kept the, 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 the um, children of Israel. Let me back a little bit. When he finished his experiment and his father finally seen all these beautiful bouquets of children, he said, now, Yakub Akashi, I will now, he said, this is a great experiment. Wow, this is so great. I will now rename you Israel. And then he looked upon his beautiful array of complexed creations of new human beings. He said, and I will now make them the children of Israel. So I tell them once, I'm getting arguing with, with any of the Hebrew brothers and whatever. They may not understand truth, and some of the Moors let me know that they come across some of them brothers, and they, they are understanding. They're like, yeah, I want to know more. And I said, they should understand this. Yeah. It, we're more, and you're saying it too. Because just the fact that you call yourself Hebrew Israelite, you are saying you recognize the daggone Yakub experiment. Because that was the old code name of Moors. Now, to give you a snapshot so you can understand, during that Lemurian civilization, and this is the lesson five of the ten lessons out of the, under the clock of destiny, it goes into Haggai-il. Haggai-il was the Lemurian queen of the Lemurian Empire. And the guy that you hear called Hammurabi, he was kind of like a big high general in the uh, Lemurian society. It was their job to now civilize these new children of Israel. So this is why you have the code of Hammurabi. Because you now have these human beings mixed with a uncivilized primate. It's part of their DNA. So that's why you even have in jurisprudence Part of the core of it, you have the law of Hammurabi. I'll give you a copy now that I was able to get from a Delphi book that I got from some uh, old bookstore or from a yard sale that actually have more than just what y'all are aware of, of that fire beware. All right. And that was one of the many, it was up to 200 certain laws and stuff that the new children of Israel had to follow. So it was his job to teach and to civilize these new children. Now, what y'all must understand, and this is how the Europeans was able to be so great at their enslavement, you, one of your first great sins that you Moors did was you enslaved the Europeans. And in the Holy Scriptures, especially the Holy Quarter of Beth, 
That's our holy book of us magi. The creator said this, do not enslave a human. If you do, I will destroy your nation, and then I will scatter you to the wind. That's what happened to the Moorish Empire. The saying that the British say that the sun will never set on the British Empire. Well, they basically got it on from us Moors, because we were the ones that actually thought that. We never thought the empire would crumble. Yeah. It was we, we were like the sun will never set on the Moorish Empire, but it did. Yeah. I'm because glad you, you said that. Um, that's actually one of the questions I was going to ask. Um, you know, since I have you here, I know a lot of people had a question of, you know, it's confusing to people. How did we get in this position if we were so great? Right. If our ancestors yeah. were so exalted. Right. You you broke God's law. That was the divine law. Didn't we just not? And you, you touched on it again to, to remind it and, and gave everybody direction. So what he spelled, if y'all can't get your hands on the book, the thing that y'all love and I love, and I'm recognized, I'm an old generation, you can pull the audio of the Kaibai. I just sent it to my brother, man, Samson, brother Elijah Bay, um, the other day, because he now got to that level to understand he wanted to go into the, the seven universal laws. The universal laws is God's law, yes. or in combined, it's your logos. Notice, too, in the Matrix, Nairobi ship was named Logos. That that movie was peppered with so much high knowledge and stuff and keys, it went right over people's heads. It went right over their heads. They didn't get it. Logos means man god or god man. And Moors who go through the Adam chamber, that's what their medallion, their circle seven represents. You're now man god or you're a god. You're getting that god knowledge. You just got to keep evolving before then you can become immortal. And it's not no spooky, hokey-dokey thing. You, in our faith, we, we have the rituals and all that. You follow it. This is why we have Nova. Nova is releasing your spirit from your body and blending it with all creation and then blending it with the creator, doing your divine ritual on the eight holy days of the year. The low holy days, which we just passed, was our Morse New Year's. That's when the seasons change. Your high holy days are the height or the apex of the season. So the apex that's going to be the height of spring is May 1st. And we have Nova journeys then. That's when we all would assemble in our in our um, Hittian ashrams or Hittian temples. Note, too, that so-called Stone, Stonehenge, uh-huh. that was European giving homage to the Lemurian prophet of our founder of our faith, Absaris Ali. When he took the science to them, and it was some Europeans that became Hittians, they call themselves Jewish. So they erected that. That was actually the Absarian temple. And when the Christians came in, 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 in the play, they were the ones that destroyed it, which you now see the remnants that you see now. It was actually housed in all wood and those slabs with a, with a foundation. Wow. And wow. so when the Christian faith came, they destroyed everything. They even tried to, they obliter- damn near obliterated us Hittians from history. Wow. That's why you don't really know about your history. And then the, the Europeans that were Hittians, they were able to then go ahead and make themselves nations and all, calling themselves Jews. That's why CNB broke that down where it comes from. Jewelry, meaning they are the jewels of God and all that. So you was actually called Hittians. And then those Europeans that were Hittians in Europe, they decided to call themselves Jewish. And they, they play up our story of being enslaved 
you know, and totally blot out even just their recent history, the slavery that, that many Europeans have been through. Um, one book I want to share with people, um, get this book called White Slaves, African Masters. There's several other books, actually, that you can get that show the recent period within the last, um, I'd say, from the 1800s on to the, like, 1400s, Europeans being enslaved. So even while our people were going through what we were going through here in North America, right? Yeah. We still had Europeans being sold into slavery and traded. Right. And they, and again, to, uh, again, what I, um, the reason why they were so efficient with the slavery, you enslaved, you started the caste system. The memorials had the children of Israel slash Moorish nation under a caste system. Guess what they called us as a slur name? They called us three-fourth humans. Wow. But what happened was, as time went on, the number of Lemurians were, were um, if you will, lowering because they were now amalgamating with the darker Moors. That's where Moor comes from, Lemurian. So more doesn't mean no goddamn black. Like your your dumbass damn Negro damn scholar. I don't give a f. Yeah. Sat there and told y'all that, and then y'all gonna cut, you know cut more down. Nah, I mean black. We black. No, we ain't black. That's a slur. Yeah. Put it like this. And this is why y'all don't study history. I'm talking to the unconscious. Talk to some now that are old enough that can tell you. What was the mindset of the Asiatics, especially after slavery? They were being proud using the word Negro. Booker T. Washington was responsible for that, but I digress. Roll with a brother. Roll with a brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, ask them what their grandmama and all of them would say when another Asiatic would call another one black. I'll tell you. They said that was the quickest way they got dental procedures without anesthetic. <laughs> you got your teeth punched down your throat. It was a slur. Yeah. But you dumbasses is running around here talking about I'm black and black. That was an insult. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, he had a, 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 an elder named Mr. Levi. He has a, he has a radio program, and um, he said that on here, too, that he witnessed that in his lifetime where black used to yeah. be a slur. Right. So y'all people are, are are sick in the mind, man. You want freedom? Your freedom's a joke. And like Tony Sotomayor warned y'all, which us more told you, these Europeans are playing psychology. This is what I know next time you're going to probably have me go in on the mayor slash Europeans rediscovered it and called it hypnosis. They try to get the word mesmerism to stick, but it's hypnosis. Y'all are under a mass hypnotic spell. Yes. There's different branches under hypnosis. They got conversational hypnosis in black. Um, ops hypnosis. Uh-huh. Cats out here that are the, the Casanovas, but y'all call them PIP. I'm PIP. I be working these hoes. Uh-huh. They use that stuff. That's how they be all in the minds of these damn girls. And you can do that to other people. Hell, you got Darren Brown showing you how he's using conversational hypnosis. And taking blank pieces of damn paper, buying up the four thousand dollars of jewelry, and walking the hell out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw him at the racetrack. <laughs> he would go up there with it, an old ticket that he lost, <laughs> and he he 
he walked out with the winnings. <laughs> yeah. See what I'm saying? And this is why I was telling individuals, and me and you was talking, I said I was using 2020, late latter part of 19 in 2020, because I was no longer teaching in Delaware, because the system was looking at the seat of being low, but I said, I'll, I'll call my own bad. I always knew hypnosis and stuff, but I didn't want to give, you know, the bells and whistles things. So I, I'm the person, like my father, we give you the mechanics. I'm trying to teach you and pass on the principles so you will know how to do it. Instead of just watching me go to my unhypnosis, wow, ooh, wow, I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to do that. I ain't trying to get numbers to follow me and what have you. And, you know, that's the way I looked at it. Yeah. But obviously now, I had to go in, and plus I got a lot of stuff from uh, rare books on on the medical aspect of it and how it's used. They were doing operation cancer removing, breast cancer removing operations in the 1800s using hypnosis instead of anesthetic. And the medical association hid that from the people. So, and then also I got a little stuff that I was always with because I was coming at it from the, the the stage hypnosis point of view. And I was using it here and there, you know, since I'll go to court with individuals as, you know, counsel or, or excuse me, as a, as a consultant and I'd be in the audience and influence the, you know, the, 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 the uh, lawyer and what have you. I'll tell no story of that in time, but, yeah. um, but I got a whole lot more on it. So I just, I'm just been sharpening my skills and then really going into the hypnotherapy aspect of it. So I'm going to now add that into my priest lessons and what have you, and then start opening up the you know, individuals um, using that technique to help them deal with any, you know, basic stuff like you want to start smoking and what have you, or if they got an ailment or whatever, you know, because a lot of the sicknesses, the doctors know 85% of the sicknesses you're dealing with, they know it's psychosomatic. You understand what I'm saying? And a lot of people are like, what's psychosomatic? What's what's, what's the brother saying? He said psychosomatic. Yeah, you ain't never been my to the king. You know, well, this to make it more simple for you. We all experienced the COVID. Let's go back a year ago. Remember we were all watching on the news, all the people were walking and lining up at the hospital and you were noticing doctors were turning people away. Yeah. But here's the term they were using and they were saying they put these people that they turned away because they were saying, I think I got it. And then they doing the news thing yeah. and they turn away. Well, just go home and quarantine and well, you'll be all right. They only wanted the ones that was actually sick. And they was calling and terming those people asymptomatic. Yeah. Well, asymptomatic goes under what I just told you. Uh-huh. They were under the psychosomatic. Now, what is it? Psychosomatic is basically people who uh, critical mind is open because you have three brains. Please y'all revisit some of the videos and some of the things I broke down so you can understand where I'm coming from. You have the conscious mind, critical mind, and the subconscious mind. Uh Hypnosis is basically removing the middle mind, which is the critical mind. That's your gate or door, whatever you want to call it. You remove that and somebody is now giving you a suggestion. It now will go instantly into your subconscious mind. And what is your subconscious mind is the most powerful tool that you have. Yeah. Once your subconscious mind wraps around an idea, it tries to manifest it. It becomes your reality. Yeah. So now, going back to the scare of the COVID, remember how they half-assed didn't even give any damn um, real symptoms, but they was coming with a litany of symptoms? What people must understand, 
when you want to control people, you got to invoke two emotions, fear and greed. But we're going to talk about the first one. They had the masses under fear. This yeah. is what happens eternally. I know you know, but we're doing this for the sake of your hypnotist yourself, the second election and all that. So when a person is in fear, the internal brain starts producing and the body produces a chemical called cortisol. That is activated when you're in your fight or flight mode. That's when you get your adrenaline and all that other stuff. But the problem is when you're in fear, it's not turned off. But also what happens mentally, it makes you highly suggestible. Wow. Yeah. So the people now are getting this data, this mass hypnotic message of the symptoms that really wasn't hammering down what COVID is from media of television, radio, or print. They instantly saying, oh, wait a minute, I got a little slip. I think I got the COVID. And then dwelling on that, it now went absorbed by your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is now making it real. But a person who has a uh, psychosomatic illness is basically what the psychologist is saying. The illness is actually in the mind. They may have the symptoms, but they don't really have the disease. You know what I'm saying? So... That's why they were turning people away, my brothers and sisters, so y'all can understand. That's why they were turning them away. Their cortisol was up high. They were in a state of fear. And then so any sense of what, you know, somebody could have made something on the fly and said, yeah, then your leg is blue. Then that person who's highly suggestible, oh, damn, I take my leg with me. Yeah, you see my speck of blood? Yeah, yeah, I got the COVID. And then the doctor goes and tests them. They really kind of don't. And they like, but this other person, they really having respiratory problems. They got to whisk them in the hospital. I can't throw you in the bed because that's a bed I'm going to actually need. Your stuff is psychosomatic. Just go home for 10 to 14 days and sit it out and you'll be all right. But if it gets worse, then we'll know you'll come. You'll be like this other person who actually now needs a respirator. So that's what that meant right there, you know, with that. Now, getting back to what I was saying about the um, Lemurian nation, they well, set up quickly, the cast. Before you get on that, just for the people, too, that's listening, what he's saying that's powerful, um, what he was speaking about earlier, too, with the Kabbalion, that's the first law, that all is mine. Well, all is mine. Thank you. Right. So we- Oh, man, we lost the brother. Let me see if we can get him back on.
Father Hannibal Bay. Join the meeting. All right, peace, brother. Yeah, I'm good. See, that's what I warned you. I knew they were going to do that. Yeah, you <laughs> I did say it. Yep. That. Did, you know what I mean? But, so, anyway, what was I saying when we got off? You, you, oh, well, you were coming back. Questions. You were finishing up what you were saying about Lemuria. Yeah, yeah. But you were saying about the uh, mentalism. Like I said, everything starts in the mind. So the mind is very powerful. And if you get a person's subconscious mind to wrap around it for that individual, it becomes their reality. So that's why it's important for y'all to understand and to recognize those seven universal laws. But like you said, yeah, the first one start is mentalism. You right? that correspondence and you start to understand what vibration, you know, but I'm glad you said that. So now going back to the Lemurian, this is why the Europeans were so sufficient with the slavery and the caste system because they learned it from us Lemurians. And then when the Moors, now when the Lemurians was really mixing more with the darker skin, now you have the Moorish nation. And then so under the Moorish nation, you were enslaving the, the lighter caste of the children of Israel. And you have built your Moorish empire. Now, when you mentioned that, about that book about Europe, I wanted to say this, and a lot of people don't know. Those of us who went and got higher education in college and they made you take Western Civ, you notice one of the time periods that they talk about is the Renaissance. Yes. Well, guess what the Europeans failed to teach you? Because like you said, they keep high in our Moorish history. Yep. They say, and Dr. Jose Pimenta, they revealed this 30 years ago in his research, that they don't tell you two to almost 300 years prior, it was actually called the Moorish Renaissance. Wow. The Europeans were chiding. Y'all must understand, this is why I go in on my brothers and sisters who are Christians. You must understand the core and the start of that faith. One of the beliefs of the Christians was they didn't bathe. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. now, reason why they would chide one of their own and call him, oh, you are more Renaissance. That meant he what? He had the basic literary education. This is what Freemasonry tries to keep alive of the different requirements for Masons to study. And one of them is you study the seven liberal arts. And one of them, besides geometry and all, is called what? Rhetoric. Uh, this is why I'm more just focusing on, and I'm trying to get y'all to understand Maya slash hypnosis, because words are powerful. Yeah. It takes a hypnotist to use words in a certain way to put somebody under a wake state hypnotic spell or a deep state of hypnotic. And also, he's very powerful. He's trained. He can just use his eyes. He ain't got to say a damn word and throw somebody under. But I digress. So that's another little jewel, you know, y'all need to know. But yeah, so they would charge one of their own and they would see from way they knew they because they bathe. And three, they dress well. So the other European Christians would say, oh, you are more Renaissance man. You're around them Saracens. Them Berbers, there's the yeah. other slur name going on off the Moors, or Muslim yeah. Moors. And you also have some, they, they may have said Jew, but they were actually Hittian Moors. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? So that's another piece of history that they won't tell. Like I tell people, I just told someone the other night, I said 30 years ago, we got the book. It's, uh, Ivan Venturama brought out on top of the one that we, we got when they put it in, in print 
Um, the first book back in 86 was The Story of the Moors in Spain by Stanley Lane Poole. Yeah. Us Moors jumped on that book like crazy. Uh-huh. And they had the Moors chieftain on the front of the book. That's a famous painting. And the basic history was, guess what that book, the basic history that followed that book and why it was so important at that time in 86 when that book came out. What is it? The book had been out of print for 100 years. And prior to that, when it was in print, the book was collegiate reading. I would wow. always open my, my lectures and, and sermons when I would go into your Moorish history and your Lemurian history and say this because I'm quoting the preface in that book. And it would say, in general, and it was another author. I think it was the guy that did um, Stolen Legacy. They let him put his opening piece in it. He said, had not this nation, meaning the Morse nation had fell, civilization would have been 500 years more advanced than it is today. Wow, yeah. That opening of it. Uh-huh. Now I'm going back to the book I was telling you that Ivan Macedema brought out, and I just found out that somebody told me, and they said, I'm going to look, they looked it up real quick when I was telling them. I said, well, we got it. I got a picture on my phone on my book, and it actually had the price on it stamped on it. It was 20 or $25. Yeah. He said, yeah, I that book, he said, on the whistle name, they want $400 for it. I said, that's the other conspiracy I'm dropping on y'all. They're yeah. trying to get rid of the mortar bookstores and they want y'all to damn go on the internet because when you rely too much on the internet, you know, like Wikipedia that sat there and lied and yep. said the Moore Science Temple barely has no more than 800 or 8,000 people members. Yeah. Either number is ridiculously low. And no, that's not true. Yeah. And I said, because when they now get rid of those bookstores, you can't get these books for the actual cost that they are and they make them rare. And yeah. then they got y'all paid all kind of money to get these books. That's another form of stock controlling or controlling information. Yep. When yeah, if I can add one thing to what you were saying about that, that specifically that book, Golden Age of the Moor, you know, like he said, you, you can't find it anywhere. I, I got a copy. Yeah. I paid 150 for it, though. You know? That book it's the thing. Ivan Vincentema really didn't like the book. He was just the editor. He has yeah. different uh, authors in it, and one of them was Dr. Jose Clemente Bay, but they're yeah. giving you other pieces of history. They're letting you know you had plumbing, hot water, you had sidewalks. Hell, oh, yeah. you even had lights and stuff that lit the streets up. Oh, yeah, there's gems oh. in there. I, I see why they, they made it out of print, you know, and it's it's yeah. crazy because it's, you know, it's definitely something that, that all the more should have um, especially all the scholars, man. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey. Can I tell you, have you ever heard of the book Golden Trade of the Moors? I yeah. got that. Yeah. And it's by Bowville. So I can imagine what the hell that's going to um, cost y'all. Wow. Because one of my favorite pastimes, when I was more, more, more mobile and moving around, I loved going to the bookstores. Yeah. And I happened to find it in the mid-90s. I said, I got to get this damn book. Me and my ex-fiance, God rest her soul, uh, in the mid-90s when we was together, mid to uh, late 90s, when we would get off of work, we sometimes go to bars and Nobles and just be around there for about two hours just looking at the book before we get a book and whatever. You know, that was a good pastime. You're always supposed to know brothers and sisters. You're supposed to get a mate that's into what you're into. <laughs> yeah. That also helps 
the relationship. But that's how I found it. I was just looking at other stuff. And I found it. I said, oh, shoot, I got to get this book. And this book, well over 25 years old, I began it, but I never got to finish it, so I got to go back in it. Another book y'all need, and I bought this from Sage Hakeem Bay in the early 90s. I still hadn't gone through it, and it's the first volume, Ancient and Modern Britain by uh, Mick Ritchie. And they, that's doing nothing but giving you more history and stuff that when you were in Europe, we were even talking about my first book my father gave me when I was a teen. We were going in the temple by J.A. Rogers, Nature Knows No Color Line. Y'all need to get your hands on that. It was a hardback. And they put a little paper cover on it with the, one of the Queen of England who was definitely known to be a more. But I digress. That book is very important. J.A. Rogers kept pulling up nothing but more in the records and historical records in Europe. He had pages that dedicated to the different seals. And guess what? When you look at those seals, they ain't nothing but dark figures. Them same seals, a good amount of them are your actual state seals here in the United States. My damn yeah. state, corporate state, New Jersey, is an exact copy. They just swapped out the daggone Morse um, figures and put European figures. Our state seal is one of the seals that's in that book. He pulled out a plethora of information. So that's why I say there's no excuse now. That's why I go in and I'm, like Father said, I throw the chips up and let them fall where they may. There's no excuse now. Plus, all the advent of the damn internet, the word more is more common now. This is why the rhetoric by the Cointel Pro, and y'all call them trolls, I call them goddamn statements. Yep. Or imp. Or minions, depending on their damn degree of their effery. Yeah. They're attacking us more. This goes back to, like I said, I wanted to show you the certificate that was a part of your process when y'all nationalized that y'all got a more that did the most treasonous act, but y'all want to attack Father, but y'all ain't going to see him to let him correct what he had done. He took the damn certificate that back and showed what Sam Bay had set, um, set up for y'all backing the Zodiac Constitution and your Morse uh, Clock of Destiny nationality card that was registered under Truth A1 AA222141. You'll have the actual certificate. I'm going to send you the picture when we get off so that'll be something else you can put up, how you put up that's good you put the visuals up so you can see. So then when you go to these entities and you're correcting your name and you got rid of your slave name and you then came with your holy name, your new correct name, you then, when they try to stop you, oh, this is some religious stuff. No, this is my national name. Now I got y'all where I want you. And I'm talking to you unconscious Moors, you unconscious Asiatic. This is letting them know you're no longer Negro, Black, and colored. You're actually finishing the second half of, or actually the first half of the Emancipation Proclamation. You Moors, unconscious Moors, who keep hollering you Negro, Black, and colored, guess what the hell you doing? And now chains up you ADOS. You keep pushing yourself farther away from the table that you're complaining that you're not you're not being brought to. Yep. You're holding up the second part of the Emancipation Proclamation. The Europeans have to pay reparations to you, but they can't cut a check to Negro, Black, and Colored. Yep. Here's my point. My example so y'all can follow this. 
Back in the 50s, so y'all talking about the Asian thing. Also, y'all, I like to give uh, 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 blessings out to sister because I don't listen to a lot of Asiatic on Professor True Black and Michiette. But she's going to go in. She said her next uh, piece on this Asian thing, the Asians being beat up and whatever. Well, this isn't the first time that they actually got attacked in the public. I'm going to drop one, y'all, that y'all need to know. There's a book that Oliver Stone wrote called The Untold History of the United States. They went in when the United States went into war with Japan. What y'all brothers and sisters need to understand, they declared war with them. And guess what they did to your Japanese hyphened Americans? They were American citizens. They had no problem. They went to each and every house and rounded them the hell up and threw them on a concentration camp out in the Midwest for damn near four years. And I'm bringing that up to say this, and you can follow up on this. Y'all familiar with the guy of the, the crew from the original Star Trek TV show? He was the only Asian on there. Uh, Dr. Sulu. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, uh, his real name, Juris Decatur. Uh-huh. He talks, he goes, ah, ooh, yeah, oh my. He talks like that. All right. Yeah. So his video of him, and this was time framed in the early 80s. They asked the question because he obviously is Japanese descent. They asked him the question of what went down during the time that he was alive when the U.S. went to war with Japan and they went and violated the constitutional right of Japanese Americans and threw them on concentration camps. Yeah. He proceeded to generally say, he said, oh, yes, I remember that time. I was a little boy. I was about five or six years old. He said, oh, my. The, the, the conditions were very deplorable. He said, you know, he said, when it's nighttime, uh, we didn't have enough blankets and what have But the gist of his interview that took place, like, I think it was like 83 or so, yes. he had a check cut to him. So the U.S. had to pay reparations for the wrong that they had done to those Japanese Americans. Yeah. Imagine if they came out on the other side. Remember my example with the Negro, Black, and Colors, and my other one I followed up with the Asimov and Jews. They came out with the K name or the, or the H name. They would have never got their tangible. Imagine if some dead Japanese Americans came out of that camp hollering, we're the yellow people, and we demand rights because it's yellow people. It's yellow, y'all. It's yellow, the yellow, the yellow, yellow, y'all. They'd have never got that damn reparation check, would they? Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you how I found out. We have local PBS stations. So right around the beginning of the 2010, um, a, a young European cherub, uh, female, she was a filmmaker. She made a little 15 to 20 minute documentary that they played. And she revealed that information. That, that opened my eyes. I said, wow, I can take piece of that and apply it to that so people can understand. So she revealed what I just told you. She was like, yeah, Japanese Americans, you even had some that was even serving. Can you imagine that? Anybody that's been in the service, you'll know. When you go on R&R, you come to find out you're in, you, you in war with your home nation, but you get the hell back. You find out your family ain't home. Hell, somebody else living in your house. Yeah. yeah that's you know crazy. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I want to, moment, let me slightly unpack that a little bit so you uh, Asiatics can understand. See, when other nations come here, they benefit off of y'all Morse birthright. 
they get tax exempt status for the first five to seven years. Wow. And then when they come here, also, they're not Negroes. So they come with the mindset of master wages. So you got to look overall that time period. If they didn't have a white collar job, meaning having the skills, they had their own businesses. So now you got to talk about they practically locked up. If it wasn't the laundry, the cleaning business. If it wasn't that, you all know in the hood, there's always a Chinese, you call them Chinese stores, the restaurants and what have you. So they had great losses. So they not only snatched these people out of houses and most likely put up their houses, let alone enjoyed their stuff that they left behind, these people had businesses. So they most likely snatched up their businesses and every damn thing. So when they got the hell out, they had nothing. Wow. Yeah. So because they were Japanese Americans, meaning they had their tied to the human family, they were able to file a legal case. And it probably was a slam dunk, but it took up to 30 years. But they got their reparation check. And I think it was between 25 and 30 now. Y'all got to see the video. It is up on YouTube. Look yeah. up George Takeda and you'll hear from his own mouth. He'll give you the figure. I've seen it years ago. Yeah. So I bring this example up so you brothers and sisters can understand what we're saying, that that is your pedigree. And uh -huh. as long as you keep hopping Negro, black, and colored, don't come at me and you someday, I don't care if you Muslim, Christian, whatever, and you're talking about God, you saying you black, you ain't even following me daggone scriptures. You can't know God if you're not honoring your foreparents. Honor thy mother and thy father that thy days may be long upon the earth. Man. Yes. So when you honor your bloodline, you're honoring God. That's why we're going through hell. You turn yeah. your back on God. Drew Ali spoke on that. So that's why you don't get help. Yeah, and Drew Ali called make, it a, a sin to cling to those labels. <laughs> <It's, laughs> he let it and, be known. And then here's another thing, and I went into this on one of my uh, uh, lessons, because we're talking about one of the seven laws, you're talking about cause and effect. Well, now you got to bring up the word karma. But when y'all speak about it, you're only talking about one karma. But I had to reveal to y'all so you're going to understand there's actually three karmas you're dealing with. Okay. You're dealing with the individual karma that all of you are familiar with, but here's the other two when you're not nationality also dealing with karma and then there's national karma so now when you don't proclaim your nationality y'all must understand and follow me under nationality comes a person's culture meaning the way they dress their staple food the way they socialize you understand yes. what i'm saying yes and then under that comes the creed the creed is your religious tome, is your source, meaning your holy book. If it's a nation of Christians, their source, their moral code is from the Bible. Yes. If they're Muslims, their moral code is from the Quran. If they're Zoroastrians, the Avista, what have you, blah, 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 you know, boom. Now, out of your creed, which I just said, you then, or your religious book, you then get your morals. What is morals? Morals is your sense of right and wrong. And you can't study morals without studying its cousin called ethics. Uh -huh. Ethics is what? It is the right use of right and wrong, you know, of your rights. Yeah. This is why you hear that term with professionals, uh, a doctor or a lawyer get hemmed up in court because they done screwed over a lot of clients and they say, yeah, he was doing unethical practice. Yep. 
You understand? Now let's go back to the top again. So when you're claiming Negro and you're not claiming your national identity of Moroccan Moabite war, you have no nationality. So when you don't have no nationality, you then have, now let's wipe off that board, no, no culture. Yeah. And then when you don't have that, you have no national creed. I just told you what your basic creed is based off of what? Your religious book. So when you move that out the way, you damn sure don't have no what? Morals. Uh-huh. which is a sense of right and wrong. This is why other nations, no matter if they melanated, they won't F with you daggone Negroes. Because a Negro has no morals. You have no sense of right and wrong. And what the other nations won't tell you, you're not honoring your forefathers. See how are we taking it back 360? You're not honoring thy mother, thy father, that thy days may be long upon the earth land. So if you're, basically when you're rejecting your nationality, you're literally going on <laughs> to your bloodline. Yeah. Other nations see that, that's why they deal with you with a 10-foot pole. Uh-huh. Because you're not even honoring your forefathers. Yeah. So you have no morals. You have no honor. You can't be around a person that has no honor. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I trust y'all take these tools that the brother... Sheriff Lloyd and I are trying to drop on y'all to understand the implications of this. And again, me being a Magi hypnotist, I'm telling you, words have power. Wait till when you start seeing me doing the demonstrations where all hypnotists do the basics. And I know you're aware because you're a hypnotist also, but for the sake of the conversation and, and, and listening so people can follow. You'll see when a hypnotist take a subject in front of the audience. And they want to show you the power of the mind, of what you believe. Your mind wraps around the word. They'll put a person under, the person to be under. They can have them standing or sitting. And then they'll show you and reach into their pocket, pull out a half a dollar, and hold it up to you and show you the audience. And you obviously know that metal piece is cool. Yeah. Because it's a coin. He just took it out of his pocket. But now he's placed it into the person who is unconscious and tell them this coin is a lump of hot coal that just came out of amber. And now you start feeling it being hot. You feel that particular hand. We'll say they put it in their right palm. They throw that close their hand. And now it's starting to warm up. It's starting to heat up. It's getting so hot. But your hand is stuck. You can't get rid of it. It's getting so hot. It's starting to feel like it's burning. Then they'll stop to a point. And then they said, now you can open your hand and release it and give me back what I put in your hand. And then they'll hold up again and show you it was a cold coin that you're all witness that it took out of the pocket. Yeah. Then they'll have the subject hold the palm of their hand and you'll see a red ass damn fucking black on their hand that looked like it was a, a, a hot coal. Yes. Because he, he is demonstrating to you that that person believed because their mind wrapped around the suggestions they gave them that it was a hot coal. Yeah. So the mind then starts producing to the body, and, then, and it does respond. It not only gets red, it depends on how long they keep it in there, your hand will start blistering. So I'm using that example so y'all can follow what Brother Lloyd, the Sheriff Lloyd is saying, and I'm saying, this is the power of words. So when you call yourself black, 
we ain't got to tell you now because we loved the Malcolm X movie. When that came out, all of us boys, we went to see it in a great number in Philly. And this is when I got to witness how they siphoned off the money. This is why uh, Brother Lee went broke. When we went in, my ticket said a different name to a different movie. They were siphoning money off the movie. That's why Spike went broke. Wow. Yeah. But that was one of the greatest movies. Uh-huh. So we all know the scene when Malcolm was being taught by brothers, and I'm glad he did the B shot. That's a film um, techno- te- uh, technical word, where he was in a courtyard talking to him, and then the screen flipped, opening the book, because he was breaking down the word black. Yeah. For one, the word will be in lowercase, and then it says A-D-J, period, giving you the grammatical function of that word, meaning it's an adjective. Uh-huh. What do we say with an adjective? It describes, it does not identify. And then it starts going into the meaning of the word. And black is what? Black is soil, sinful, dirty. Yeah. Every negative word you can think of in the, of that applies to that word black, but yet y'all give it pride. Okay, real wonder- quick, I just want to add to that. So even even if you're not going and looking up the dictionary terms for what black means, it's in the collective consciousness. So what he's saying, if this is what it means, and if Negro starts as slavery, like now people want to say the ADOS, an African American descendant of slave, whatever it is, you start as slavery. And if you're black, if you're a Negro, that means that the Europeans civilized you. They gave you a religion. How can you be that if you predate that? So if you're going along with it, all that trauma that I, comes along with it, you're inheriting all of that. I say this, and this is what Furkan said in his lecture, because me and Daddy played the tape. And Daddy would play the tape when we would work. I was a teenager in 85. Because I remember before my daughter was just about to be born. She was born in February. He played the tape, and I always used this to qualify this. Because I'm going in on the whole Christian faith that our brothers and sisters had 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 um, embraced. Why would you embrace this, the religious belief and creed of your, your oppressors, your slave masters? There's no salvation in that. That's why Dwali made sure he put it in your Quran. We're, we're, we don't desire to amalgamate with Europeans, and we're returning back your Christian religion because that's the salvation of their forefathers. Yeah. Now, here's what I say. If that faith was so holy, we all know there's bad apples in all organizations. The Pope and all his archbishops and any of them other damn titles had ample time to stop their so-called Puritan Christians and say, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. I know we call them heathens and what have you, but that's not Christian-like. What do I mean by that? When they came to hell here, they did mass genocide on us Moors, us indigenous Moors. They sat there and raped uh, uh, um, murdered, and let's go in a little bit. Let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Here's how they were raping. They were not only raping the women, because that's generally what you think when you say rape. They were raping the little girls. Yep. They was raping the little boys. And yes, with your old Asiatics out there called buck breaking, they was even point of rape, or raping the grown ass men. Yeah. And then here's the other piece that they don't tell you. This is the history of the Niagara Falls. That's not the original name. It was really called, they called it Niagara, Niagara Falls. Here's why. That was a Moorish retreat for the Moabitans. 
Because the sisters, when they would meditate, they always really meditate and evolve when they're around running water. They sat there and did dummy wars. Dummy wars meaning they would have us Moorish men that they got under Indian history and have us in war so that the Europeans, this is where I tell y'all the Shemnites that you calling them Indians and them damn $5 Indians that's on them reservations. And I love the fact that the Sister Michi X is talking stuff that us Moors knew. Yeah. You got to look into the history of the $5 Indians. There ain't no insult. Just remind me, and I'll tell you. It's the truth. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, they they were crossbreeding with the Europeans, so now you have Shemites with European blood, and this is why you see in the history of them European cavalry that they had Shemites in them, and them Shemites was now half into the indigenous, just as well as half into the European world. So they knew all our sacred places. So the Europeans would send another brigade when they would have the brothers falsely battled some other guys they took another brigade and went into the mountains and all and found the secret places and they took their ass they took them up to Dago niagara falls and slaughtered and beheaded tens of thousands of mobile sisters that were not protected we thought they were going to be protected and some of the horrible things the europeans did they literally took the sisters that was with child they literally cut the babies out of the mother's belly and stomped on the head but they basically beheaded the Moabite sisters, and that's why they named it Nigger Falls, and then they just changed it because you were waking the hell up, and they just called it Niagara Falls. Yeah. But that's how I got it named. But I'm going to go back to what we're talking about, the black word, and how that does affect the, 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 the body. That affects the mind, which affects the body. This is the main lesson in the matrix. When, when Morpheus told Neil when they got out of the construct, he, he said, you mean this is real? When he fell off the building and he reached in his mouth and he's seeing blood, he yeah. said, the body can't live without the mind. The mind makes it real. So now I got you where I want you. This is why it's taught in the temple. You don't call our children kids. This is one lesson I would always get. It's heavy, it's simple, but it's very heavy. And this is also demonstrating the power of words. The reason why you don't call kids, I ask you this. What is the symbol, the animal symbol that represents Satanism? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Baphomet then. Go. What is the name of the animal, faith, that they use to represent Satanism? Yeah, the goat. The goat. Right. Now I'm going to ask you, what is the name of the baby goat? <laughs> yep, it's a kid. This is why I taught in the Muslim temple, you don't call our children kids. Yeah. Now I say this to the Asiatic. So now you're wondering why you got a lot of high crime in your damn urban area. I say to you all, don't be surprised. Uh-huh. Hell, you deserve it. What do you call your little little ones? Yep. Yeah, because we do it's, it's for the kids. Uh-huh. Well, we just told you it is. It's a goat. It's a baby goat. Anybody that raises a baby goat will tell you. No matter if you raise them from small or whatever, and they grow and you feeding them. Ask a farmer. What one thing you can't do when you're in that damn bin with the goats and you're about to bend down and feed them. They tell you you don't bend down, turn your back on them and bend down. Yeah. Why? No matter if they love you and you raise them, 
they see your ass up in there, they, they butt your head with their with their horns. Yeah. They, yep. you know, and they hit you hard enough, you fall over. Uh-huh. Mischievous. Yeah. But my point is what I'm saying. So when you call these children kids, and that's all they have, that's soaked into their subconscious mind. So now when they're out here doing mischievous-ish, it's on you. You kept calling them a kid. Yep. See how it's the power of words? It does affect your actions also. Yeah. I love bringing this movie up, and I want you all to grab and see it. It came out a little bit after my daughter was born, right around 86 or 87 or something like that, or 88. They live. They live is a great demonstration of the power of subliminal. The characters in the movie, Roddy Piper and my, my famous, um, one of my Asiatic um, hero brothers, Keith David, started in the movie. I'm going to speed up a little bit in the movie. They finally get to a point that they got these particular shades they put on their face. And when Roddy Piper put on the shade, he's looking at a post, a, a, a billboard. And at that time, in the mid-80s, they were starting to promote home computers. And we know the Europeans were the only ones that can afford that, but I digress. Yep. Um, but when he put the goddamn shades on, the picture is no longer there. He's looking at a word that says, obey. Uh-huh. Now he's walking. He's like, what the what? Because he went and actually kind of stole the shade. So now he's going up to a damn uh, magazine, looking at all the store sell magazines. Basically, a plethora of colors and the actual cover of the magazines, a different plethora of magazines. Yeah. So when he put the goddamn shades on, the shade reveals the damn subliminals that are under the damn covers. He's watching this thing: obey, consume, conform. Then the daggone guy that's the damn tendon of the um, magazine stand just did a transaction with a customer. And he says, yo, buddy, are you going to buy something? And while he's talking to him, he's got the dollar bills in his hand. Yeah. But then Roddy Piper character put the shades back on. That same money that's sitting in his hand, guess what the hell they had on? This is your God. <laughs> yeah. So that is a great demonstration of, like I'm telling y'all, y'all need to embrace. And I've noticed y'all new wave of Morris, y'all taking these heavy gems we getting y'all we giving y'all and y'all running with it but like i told you y'all part of the prophecy that drew ali has said that's why i be telling them more that's in the temple that got pissed off at us hakeem bay myself uh sister rashida bay and Akia bay and my father we giving y'all the heavy gems and then y'all they pissed off because y'all knew more and y'all knew what questions to ask and you knew what to correct them on and you also knew their little clickism and you called them on and they got pissed yeah. but yet not only they're reading from the Circle 7 Quran and, and the questions and all that, they also take time and quote the many things that Duali had told and warned them. He said, Moors, you're going to have new Moors that's going to have more under their turbans and feathers, and they're going to have you old Moors that sit you in the back. Yep. So what I say to them, you shouldn't be surprised that there are new Moors that's coming in that's more sharper than you and know more than what you know. Yeah. You should not be jealous. You are already forewarned. And part of our requirement that I always tell, we always told the Moors that came to the round table, 
especially he said, I want to nationalize. All right, yeah. They're basically looking at the Moorish honors and want to be great steel. We tell them, well, one, one of the prerequisites is we always tell them, you go to the temple. You become a member of the temple. They just only go to the temple. They don't become a member of the temple. Yeah. Like Denzel Washington's character said playing Malcolm X, when they left the damn police station, the brother said, I ain't never seen no Nick. I mean, I ain't never seen no black man. And I want to join the nation this time. And he said, brother, you never join an organization you don't know nothing about. Yep. So I'm saying to all you to come up off the damn streets with your Johnny Buck Buck scams and all, and Jane Buck Buck scam, you ain't never deprogrammed. You need to go to the more shine stuff of America and become a solid, outstanding member. Yeah. So you can be reprogrammed. It's no different than when you're in the military, when them cats come either, even from the state. They made a mistake um, that Bobby Hemmett had, had pointed out when one of the first Asiatic sisters then went up in space. They asked the question, do you believe in aliens? Did you see us? And they got to talking to her before she went with our military police getting off that ship and didn't get deprogrammed. But she said, yeah, I see them. And then when she got deprogrammed and stuff, and then she got followed up more on conference, press conferences, then she started backtracking. Yeah. But I digress. My point is, is the more science temple is to deprogram you from being a Negro, a Black. You've been Negro and Black for so long, you have to be reprogrammed. Your race, your Asiatic. Hell, even the Nation of Islam. That's why I have a problem with all these individuals out here just saying Black. And some of the Nation of Islam are just saying Black. But yet, I just pulled out a book that I got that went into the so-called history of, of Master Farad that Elijah had wrote, and you'll either see in print. Yep. They at least had said at that time, Asiatic black man. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I'm like, your race is you Asiatic. Your nationality, you are Moorish. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Now, remember I said to you earlier when I said, remind me about the uh, uh, prophet and Marcus Garvey? Yeah. Here's yeah. the history. All right. Marcus, why he got caught up in that stuff? Because, for one, to us in the more science temple, we give respect to him. We call him John the Baptist. He was John the Baptist. But what they failed to recognize or even repeat and say, Marcus said this before Ali got on the scene. He, he, was, he was preparing the brothers and sisters to go back to Africa in the mind. Not actually physical, but yeah, physical, but also you have to start in the mind anyway. Yeah. But he also made this statement. He said, there's going to be somebody that's going to come from the east that I'm not even going to be worthy to tie his, his bootstraps, to tie his lace. Uh-huh. He was telling them, draw leave. Yeah. So fast forward a bit. He was working in tandem with Jorobo Dwali, but if you get that picture taking the conversation back to the beginning that I had told you uh-huh. that uh, Marcus was in the picture with Dwali. He was a couple people back. He was wearing all black with a black hat. Father Divine was wearing an all gray suit, and I think he had a hat on. While other Moors that was in the, in the, in the picture, they were all in their Moors regalia. If they didn't have a fez on, they had a turban, or they had the kimar, like the Egyptian kimar, like the pharaohs. Is that the one you said uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was on the far right? Yup, okay. in that photo. That's this. They got all the other historical pictures. Like I'm nobody, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people brought that photo from us when we were trying to keep that alive and we were showing. We ain't no crackpot with the name. We're not 
crapping on um, the lamb. Yeah. They were trying to tell you other people knew this knowledge. Yeah. And they didn't give it to you. So it's, it's time for it to come out. Islam. Yeah. yeah so, so one day, Drawley goes to his office, mining out on the other side. This is when Marcus was hemmed up. The U.S. wanted to get them the hell out of the country. Now, let's talk a little jurisprudence. Let's unpack this a little bit so you can understand this more, especially you Asiatics that were still loyal to him and his Negro organization, and you didn't understand why the U.S. got him the hell out of here. Well, we understood Marcus had a nationality card. Yeah. He didn't use So, Ali goes to his office this, this particular day. He opens the newspaper. He's reading Marcus is in jail. So Drew Ali had yelled out, darn it, had that brother done what I had told him, he wouldn't be in this fit. He said, now watch when I go and visit him in jail, I'm going to take back his nationality card. And then watch, 10 days later, they're going to deport him. Uh-huh. Here's what international law and understanding of important nationality, you brothers and sisters must understand. He was someone checking the recognizing he was more, but obviously he didn't believe it. He, didn't use it. he just kept going. He was Jamaican. So yeah. since you Ali did him, and I love the fact when I fell back during 2011 and 2012, daddy and them were doing their due diligence. Daddy actually had the physical proof. He got me, gave me a copy of a postcard that showed proof. You Ali went to the damn prison to visit him because he sent a postcard from the damn, um, in the prison that them uh, 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 Marcus was in. Now, yeah. uh-huh. so once he did that, now it positioned Marcus to be 10 days released. Them daggone European, this name, found him guilty, but because he was a foreigner, put his, they escorted his ass to the nearest damn port and escorted him on the boat to send him the hell back home. Yeah. Why? Because you cannot be a foreigner and go on foreign land and start po- political dissidents. Insurrection. Yep. <laughs> retract and get deported. Yeah. But if he had known to his Moorish nationality, he was home. All the islands and all, we were Moors. Yep. So the names that these people were using as nationalities, they were nothing but tribes. But since the Moorish nation fell, now those tribes were able to what? Formulate their standard. What's a standard? Their flag. Yeah. Then what the flag is a seal. And then what back that is their what? Contract, their moral contract, which you call constitution. Uh-huh. See, this is the argument with the Shemites that call themselves Indians, because Indian is also under the title of Negro, Black, and Colored. We know for historical and legal reasons, the First Nation, and even Obama confirmed that, the First Nation that ever made a treaty with the United States is Morocco, because he was trying to quell all that daggone Islamophobia crap. Yeah. And his documents, the First Nation that stood out of all the different nations was Morocco, us Moors, that wrote the Peace and Friendship Treaty, and it still stands to this day. Yep. Now, you'll hear the Shemites say, oh, we are the Cherokee Nation. I just told you that's my tribe, but the Europeans called us that. But I had prepared it for them did the Zoom for my research 
I got it from European source of re, uh, what's the name? It's a list of all the names that you call the different tribes. They were European names, and they got it going down categorically, you know, in, in three uh, 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 vertical sections. They'll say Cherokee, but then the next section will say, but this is what they called themselves, and it was Anayangwea. And then the third section will say it meant real people. Oh, yeah. So now um, you got them. I was just going to say state. there's a book, Dakota Time Walker. It talks about that too. You know what I'm saying? So now you got the Shemites are hollering, well, we're the Cherokee Nation, or we're the such and such nation. And this is why I was trying to, when I met the Empress Ghostin, and I was trying to let her know you nullifying your argument. Because the way I found her was we got our VHS tape. Yeah, y'all babies might not know what the hell that means out there. That was one of the means that we got our, our, our videos and movies and stuff. Y'all y'all know now is DVDs or Blu-rays. Yeah. So we got her video and she was saying she was watching it all. Her backstory was when we, when we jumped on her, obviously y'all boys out there in Ohio and Chicago got to her. She gave her a quick backstory. She said, yeah, when I, when I was doing what I was doing, I had the nation Islam for to preach to Islam and my security. But what happened was she had wrote a book called Return of the Ancient One. And she kept saying Ancient One. And one of the Moors got to her. And once they gave her the code, the crack that code, oh, when you keep saying Ancient One, this is what it meant. Moors. Once they made it clear with her, she said it out of her mouth. She quickly fired the nation of Islam and then started being around the Moors. Yeah. So then she was saying, watch it all. But I had met her and I became friendship and I was trying to tell her, in my research, you're still wrong, sister. Your tribe did not call themselves watch it all. They called themselves the WIT. Mm-hmm. W-I-T. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now, them Shemites are pissed off and wondering why the Europeans ignored the so-called treaties when they were using the Moors, fighting the other Moors against them, and they would go on, you know I mean? Once they whittled down all the numbers and ish, then they were able to totally round up and continue taking the nation. But the people that was helping them was the Shemites. This is why their karmic debt is, and they'll tell you, that's the national statistics, that them, those Moors, those Shemites, they have the highest alcoholic rate and the highest suicide rate in the nation. Yeah. But I'm telling you as a more, and I'm not issuing on y'all, because y'all, my brothers, I recognize the but Tell the truth and shame the damn death. Y'all dealing with the karma because you helped the Europeans enslave us. Uh-huh. And the Europeans couldn't totally damn ignore you because they're working your universal damn law. So they rewarded you with the land for helping them. Yeah. But they also made sure they economically and socially kept you in it. That's why your reservations are not you and the damn superpower of the world. High technology and stuff. But guess what they ain't got? They basically ain't got regular sanitation removal. Trash. That's why when you ever damn look at the damn photos of them, they living out of trailers. And you wonder why they got broke-ass damn cars that rotted out 15 years ago that should have been removed. Damn kitchen appliances all sitting on the front damn lawn. Yeah. They don't even let you have damn new public pup, uh, pup, uh, 
swimming and stuff like that. So anyway, I'm leading to why the Europeans ignored those so-called treaties they made with dumb nations. Because there is no such thing as a Cherokee nation or whatever other nation. They were dummy treaties. Europeans, by international law, weren't obligated to damn adhere uh, to them or to fulfill them. Well, that makes sense because, yeah, like a year or two later, after they make these treaties, they go renege on it. You know, go take the land that they were supposed to set aside for them. So that that makes perfect and sense. I, and my tribe is part of it. When we talk about the Trail of Tears, obviously, I'm descendant of the Moors that rebelled of that tribe, the Enoyonwea, that hid in the Appalachian Mountains. Meanwhile, they took all the Karakalakas and the Georgia area and forced hundreds of thousands of those um, Enoyonwea Moors to force them to be out there in Oklahoma. And on that trail, while them Europeans are riding in wagons and on horses, and children walk yeah, and a lot of times the atrocities that they didn't report. Some of them sisters were with child, uh-huh. and if they couldn't carry the babies, some Europeans made them leave them newborn babies on the side of the road. That's why they call it Trail of Tears. Yeah, may force them to relocate out there while they took the rest of our land. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But that's the answer to them, so they could understand. You Moors got what they need. And them Shemite Moors got what you need. They got the land, but you got the listening because I need to tell them. Again, as long as you keep calling yourself Negro, Black, and Colored, y'all holding up the second half of the Emancipation Proclamation. Y'all need to understand, when Lincoln um, freed you, he also set aside $5 million. And then he had a federal agency that was set up called the Freedman's Bureau of Refugees. That was where you went and got your damn 40 acres in a mule, but the other part that y'all ain't talking about, you then were supposed to give up your land. I mean, your name, the surnames of Johnson, Cook, and, and, and Browns, and Green, any other damn names you can think that you are, y'all are holding on, and you were supposed to take back your more surnames of Il Ali and Bay. Uh-huh. And then they was going to give you your $100. But since they did the big conspiracy and had them shoot Lincoln, and the other part of the conspiracy nobody don't talk about, you had the vice president that had my first name, Hannibal Hamlet. That's right. all of the damn what they got him looking at. The brother Gaines, when he was doing that research with, with, with Chris Rock and, and Vanessa Williams and all them, showed you you weren't that ignorant when you came out of slavery. There was a lot of more that made it up to the Senate. And I just told you, your vice president, J.A. Rogers, revealed it in one of his books. Y'all need to get the little pamphlet book, Five Negro Presidents. I was going to show that if we get to Zoom, so maybe we can fix that and you can re-enter me and I can start showing you these things. He sat there and found out when some Shemites made it to Congress and all, not only the Europeans were chiding the vice president, Hannibal Hamlin, and saying how dark-skinned he was. Uh-huh. One of the Shemites would say, oh, you nigger, nigger. So what them Europeans did once they bumped Lincoln off, y'all all know what the job of what the vice president is. He now steps in to be what? The president. Them Europeans sat there and it was practice. This is what Gaines revealed to Vanessa Williams and all of them, because you had wars that actually became congressmen and all after slavery. So that should tell you something. 
So anyway, they had no problem putting a gun to their head and said, step down or die. So the president that you actually see it right after Lincoln, he's actually de facto. And then they braced to undo what Lincoln did. They was hot. In the, in, in, in the five um, Negro president book, they showed a character of Lincoln that they was pissed. They had drew him as a Moor dancing with the, the, the veil, looking like a Moor. So they was pissed. Yeah. So then they then shut down. And here's what I found out from one of the elder Moors from the temple told me as a little boy in the 80s. He said it was actually a Moor that was running it. He took a, he took a payout. He, he, your Judas is, is car right. We always keep having a Judas. He got paid a good twenty, thirty thousand, whatever, or something more than that, and married a European woman. They shut that down. See, the other half that y'all was supposed to get, you seeing the deeds, y'all must understand, y'all not forming a full picture. You were supposed to have equivalent up to twenty-two damn states, from border to border, from Canada to Mexico, to so all that Midwest, what they call the land of milk and honey. Yeah. That was y'all territory. You Moors were supposed to get that. Lincoln had set aside for your, your reparations and your restitution. Wow. Yeah. That was y'all were supposed to get. So long as y'all keep hollering Negro, Black, and Colored, you keep pushing yourself from the table and you can't get the reparations that is, that is the second half of the Emancipation Proclamation. The Europeans have to pay that out, but they have to because you keep taking the blue pill. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So we, you pushing yourself slavery. away from the uh-huh. you, you pushing yourself away because that's the other half of the Emancipation of the Proclamation. They're ready to play. The, they close the books on that. And when I have brought that up in one of the interviews I did 10 years ago on Civil Alert, I told I happened to bring this up. And one of the persons that was on the phone said, yeah, is that why when Clinton was in office, he was the first of the Europeans, let alone presidents, that actually apologized for slavery? Because I was explaining what y'all don't understand under under all that scandal that Clinton had done, y'all soon forget he cleared the books. The U.S. had no damn national debt. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't even watch damn corny ass C-SPAN, but I happened to catch C-SPAN the very moment that they hit the gavel. You had a surplus in money, yeah. so now you're talking about closing of the of the 19th century of the 20th century in 99 getting ready to go into the 21st they were prepping to pay you this is where i bring up the history and why i went into freemasonry in the late 90s because they were now reinstituting instituting the moorish right that actually existed when noble draw lee was alive yeah the elder more um accepted me and other moors and raised us and then coordinated me a sovereign grand inspector general he was in talks. His name was Clifford Hazel L. God rest his soul. Great man. He was in talks in the mid nineties, the late nineties, with the with the head of the Scottish Rite Freemasonry. His name was Fred Kynan. He said, "I see what you Moors are doing. Continue doing what you're doing. We support you. We want you to get a lot of Moors to be thirty third degree, the men and women. Once you get a great enough numbers." We'll be ready to have you come back to the table and we're ready to start giving you your land and money. So when Clinton was doing, yeah, he did his F-ish, but he also was doing the other stuff that they were preparing that they eventually have to pay you more. That's still on the books. So you actually, in, 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 in truth, the first national debt 
is really to the Moors. Because then once you didn't collect on it, guess what they did? They borrowed off of that $5 million that Lincoln had in the First National um, Bank of Chicago yeah. that was set for the kitty or the pot of money that was to pay you. But since you didn't do it and they killed Lincoln, rewrote the 13th Amendment and changed the word slave to apprentice, still slave, and then made sure you didn't understand that you were Moors, well, shoot, they were saying among themselves, they ain't going to get this money no time soon. And they used it to continue conquering the rest of the Moors that was fighting. This is where we learned of uh, Sheik Compte Bay that y'all know is um, Tecumseh. So you talk about the war of 2018 and all that when the Moors flag really fell. He was trying to keep the Moors nation going. Yeah. Please look into the so-called Indian history of Tecumseh. And remember now, when you build cities, you need money. So they were taking the $5 million that you unconscious listening was calling yourself Negroes and Blacks and colors. You aren't using it. They were using that to then what build their cities. But they also know that we have to borrow on it and we have to put the money back. That formulated the first national debt. Wow. Wow, you just dropped a lot. (laughs) You just dropped a lot on the people, man. Um, Man, I was was trying to find this picture to pull up while you were speaking, especially about Lincoln. Um, It was just showing Lincoln's own words, not just that Dungey case, but um, there was another instance where he was talking about the Dred Scott case, and he was referring to us as Moors. That's another one. CMB broke this down. The reason why that brother lost his case, guess whose son he was? And mm-hmm. and the Europeans gave respect to him. Ben Day. We know him as Ben Emmanuel Murali, but you, you Asiatic, because you let Europeans give you your history, you know him as Benjamin Bannock. Uh-huh. And when you read his history, he was not a slave. They will tell you he was born a free man. Yeah. Not all people were, were enslaved. All right. And he was a great man. He was a master astrologer, a great swordsman. He was very fierce. What you Asiatics don't know, they only want you to know he was the man that that did the astrology and he corrected Benjamin Franklin on the map. Yeah. And Benjamin Franklin uh, uh, supported him in a way. There's a movie y'all need to see on Ben Bay. The great actor, Asiatic actor, one of the powerful ones that I also look up to. And may the Lord rest his soul. He played Ben Bay. The movie is called, um, oh, damn, I have to get back with you. But it came out in 76. And I mentioned it. And one of my cherub wars from Baltimore, Osiris Bay, he, he put the full movie on my, my laptop because uh, I had it on VHS. Uh-huh. Um, damn, I can't think of the, the, the movie. And I trust somebody's doing the research and they'll find it. Um, it showed he supported him. But what y'all don't know Ben Bay taught George Washington and all your founding fathers in the Masonic Lodge. He was the Grand Master because your Morse nation was starting to fall and he had to fulfill the prophecy. We had to free them. They were fighting for their freedom. So when they're saying the British are coming, it was actually the British are coming, meaning the British Moors. Yeah. See, now you got to talk about the Boston Tea Party. Because you actually had lodges here. And I got a book on Indian Freemasonry. 
a real, 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 real book. So you have passcodes and everything, what have you. So this is the reason why the Europeans were scalping you. They were making wigs out of it, and they were using certain barks to, to darken their hair. You corrupt Moors were taxing them on their um, tea because you Moors don't cost. And they didn't want to take that ish no more. So then they infiltrated and pretended to be you and started the Boston Tea Party and darkened their skin to pretend they were native indigenous Moors and threw the tea in the, in the harbor to, to start to rebel. But I digress. I'm going back to Ben Bay. Ben Bay also was the founder uh, 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 and the inventor of the, the timepiece. Why do y'all think the damn Europeans in England learned named that big ass clock Ben Big Ben? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ben Big Clock still functions down there in South of a museum that's dedicated to they call him Benjamin Baddecker. They said that clock still works to this damn day. Yeah. He freed them. So I want y'all to get the two dollar bill and guess what? They handed us a $2 bill when we all did the Morse tour and me and daddy hosted and went to the George Washington uh, Memorial Museum, Masonic Museum down in Alexander, Virginia. They handed you a $2 bill and change when you paid your fee to come in. So I want y'all to look on the back of the $2 bill, which is the signing of the damn independence, of the, the Declaration of Independence and all that. I want you to go from the left and count the five people in You'll notice that person is slightly shaded darker. That's Ben Bay. Wow. He was witnessing them signing that. This is what we tell you Moors and you Europeans. We helped y'all write the damn Constitution. Why the hell y'all think it says the goddamn on we the people in the preamble? Uh-huh. Nor the Muslim Union, all this, whatever. It was us under the continental United States. And I got y'all where I want you. Uh-huh. The damn red, white, and blue ain't the damn flag in the United States. The real original flag is a red flag with a, a white um, square in the far upper left-hand corner that has a cedar tree in the middle of that white. It's the continental United States. That's when you were ruling. And under that, George Washington is not the damn first president. He was actually the ninth. You had eight presidents that was before them, and they were more. And guess what father revealed? That's why I say a lot of people was pissed 30 years ago. Father pulled the official damn Library of Congress list of the damn presidents, the eight presidents. Wow. Uh-huh. And one of them, and I was so happy to see back in 2009, one brother thought he was dropping knowledge on me. He's like, yeah, here's a list of the first and the president. And his name was John Hanson. I said, yeah, he was a moor. And I laughed at him because I said, y'all got that. We released that shit. That is back in the early 90s. But I'm happy to see coming, folks. Y'all now got it. But when we were putting it out, Jesse and Dad going messy, Jesse and Dan Sharpton and them was only biting a little bit of pieces of what we were putting out and only using stuff. And they was trying to damn come up with a consortium and, and talk about, yeah, the 13th Amendment and all this because us black people need reparations and all. They was only yeah. taking pieces of what we were putting out and neglecting the rest. And then we see the rest of his history. Them brothers got wealthy. Yep. But they also in their karma now. Ain't, ain't Sharpton now had to fight off him being a rat because it came out now that he was messing with the FBI and they wired him up. Yep, everybody and knows. Then, you, you know what I mean? And then the elder sat there and let me know that Brother Jesse 
Because I said his legacy is messed up. Yeah. He thought his son was going to carry the stuff on. He got caught up in some stuff. But let me touch on Jesse. She said, just like uh, Patty Jackson in my area, in Philadelphia area, WDAS, she has a channel on YouTube. She gives the 411. She just put out about a week ago, y'all. That just went in for some other operations. He's dealing with that's like in public. But I'm going to tell you what my man, the cherub, and I think he's so very eloquent. The only thing I don't like is the black thing. Um, Professor Truth Black said, these individuals are tools of the white supremacy. But what y'all must understand, you brothers and sisters who are tools for them, know this. The Europeans use you and the tools, but you must understand, once they get done with their damn tools, they break down. Now I got you where I want you. So then when I had the Jet Magazine up until 2013, because they were now announcing they were no longer going to publish the hard copy, they were just going to go online. I happened to catch the story of the scandal that came out with Jesse's son. He now got caught up and embroiled in a scandal, a financial scandal. He was sitting up there using the damn political contributions, paying for his side hook buying her damn furs and Rolexes and what have you. And it wasn't only just his, his wife got caught up in it. Wow. And then he was thinking, because he'd been around them Europeans, y'all got, y'all got, yeah, you have got to understand. Well, Europeans use this excuses to get them out of damn legal situations. You can't use it. You trying to use, well, I was, man, it's depression. I'm depressed, so I was doing that. That was my excuse. If that ain't work. Yeah. Yeah. That the damn and I said, damn, I said to myself back then in 2013 when I'm reading this article, I said, it goes with Jesse's legacy. He thought yep. his son was going to, because he was a congressman or whatever, and now look at him. And yeah, then I remember now going out about that. He he disappeared after that, that little um, yeah, he scandal. He do that to jail, and then they was trying to broker a deal like they did to them damn people on um New Jersey Housewives. When 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 the good Duke did a damn mortgage fraud and then come to find out her husband and she's been married to for decades, he was Italian, he was never a citizen. So then they made a deal where, well, let me go in first, the woman, and do my time. And once she got out, then they then put the husband in. And once he did his time, since he was no citizen, guess where the hell his ass is now? He over down there in Italy. Wow. He in Italy. And then I knew that marriage wasn't going to survive. And I don't keep up with it, but I just see it through Wendy Williams or whatever. Shoot, now they divorced. She moved on and got herself another dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But his legacy got ruined. But that's what I love about Yeah, you can hear me now. Yeah, I'm not muted. sure what happened with you. Yeah, I'm muted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, they, um, like I said, man, they be going at me. I'm glad I gave y'all the, the, the warning. So, but, um, but yeah, um, Jesse's legacy is, is, is screwed up. But like I said, what Professor True Black has said that, um, y'all tools, you must understand there is no retirement plan. Once they get done with you tools, they break you. Another one was, and she was one of my fine dream honey, Stacey Dash. She came up in the news. And they keep saying, yeah, she's black, y'all. She, you shouldn't invite her back to the, to the cookout because, you know, now she want to come back to the black community and all that because she done ran through them European men and ran through her. 
And we <laughs> all knew what she, she did. She did her racist stuff, but I had to keep saying to nobody, and nobody ain't giving me no thumbs up, let alone what's now. I said, stop calling her black. She ain't black. The reason why she ain't had no problem going in on y'all, she is Mexican. Right. And a lot of them damn they supported Trump. That's why she had no problem. But guess what? Like Professor True Black said, they no longer needed her. She was a tool, and they broke her. Guess what the first thing they did once they needed her, when Trump and they got going, they fired her from Fox. Yeah, and then that, she went all in, kept coming at our and chiding us Asiatics. Nobody wants to hire her no more. And guess what just came out in the news recently? Now all of a sudden she's apologizing. She wants to come back to the Asiatic community. She's an actor. <laughs> she might yep. be black. Oh, yes. And then guess what they also said? Now she's dating an Asiatic brother again. But other than that, she let all them tears run through it. But I kept trying to tell the brothers and them, she's not black, she's Mexican. Wow. She it's has like, a nationality. That's why she ain't no problem going in on y'all blacks. Go ahead, yeah. bro. Yeah, it's not the first time that's happened. You know, they, they go out, they go after, you know, try to throw us under the bus. And then, like you said, once they get through using them, using the black face to do it, they toss them to the side. And it's like um, the brothers and them was warning us when they was running through the presidential race. They call her Cop Mala. She did because I was using the example. I said, yeah, they only use the black thing and embrace y'all when it's convenient for them. Yeah. But girl got a nationality. She's Indian and Jamaican. Yeah. And the brothers and them was, was warning us. And the brother, again, Professor True Black, was so very eloquent in breaking this stuff down. A lot of brothers and sisters in Cali was trying to warn us. She's a prosecutor. That girl ain't down for us. She was throwing a lot of Asiatics up in jail. She she messed up one brother's life. He had some um, evidence that the cops and them did some some egregious ish to him, and they um, subpoenaed her to release some information so he can be released. She didn't do it. Yeah. And then so she kept claiming she's black, 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 black. But guess what she is? And my man used a new term that y'all need to understand. Those are Asiatics that are anchor babies. They came after the civil rights and benefited from it. This yeah. is why she has no problem holding on to that damn slide undercover racist Biden and want to hit the immigration thing. Yep. They doing everything else. This is what the unconscious brothers and sisters recognize and they're going in on Kamala and the others. Mighty funny, they doing all kind of other stuff and they fighting for the immigration. And I love the fact that Cherub Nietzsche X broke that stuff down. Stop talking about y'all black and brown stuff. They don't fight for their civil stuff. They don't bring y'all up. Yep. Stop including them in your stuff. And then others have warned them. They hijacked the situation. They hijacked their civil rights with name. And then, like I said, when they removed the homosexuality off of the uh, medical registry, Dr. Umar Johnson broke that fish down. But I said there's more with my third eye open, I said, y'all don't see the conspiracy of that? Now, guess who's sitting at the table talking for your Black Lives Matter, but they're speaking for you? Trans and homosexuals? Yep. Yeah, they should have seen that and coming I a mile away. You, and I just told you, it's a, it was once a disorder. So now they're really laughing at you because they're the ones speaking up for y'all. And guess what they keep interjecting? The homosexual, what's the name, you know, and now don't get me wrong, I ain't going against them because I knew some people that are of that lifestyle, that alternative lifestyle, they're some good people. I judge people by their heart. 
But also, I'm not stupid, and I understand that's the other uh, white supremacy uh, agenda to keep you sleep. Yep. You understand know what I'm saying? And I said, when we were coming up, they were far few in between. But now they coming up, now they getting some clout. And they shutting you down. They shaming you. Because they want you to buy into their delusional belief. And I was just saying to another more yesterday, I said, oh, so with that, with that logic, all right. Well, guess what? I believe I'm a billionaire. Let me go pull out my old goddamn check and start writing some bouncy checks around here and say, I believe. So then come and damn arrest me. I'm going to say you are a billionaire phobic. Yeah. And this is what. And I believe that money is in there. So I can get out of this damn financial situation. I'm in right now. Let me start writing some bouncy checks. And you can't persecute me. To protect the Constitution. Because I believe I'm a billionaire. Right? Sam checks. And you can't arrest me. And if you yeah. are, you are a billionaire phobic. And let me shame you. And let me get my other people that believe too. It's a delusion. Yep. And I, I said, y'all should, y'all should go in on all them damn Christians. And y'all keep saying it's a Christian country. Y'all failed your duty. Yeah. You said and let them pass in 2015 the same sex marriage. But then you just say you, you are a Christian. In your own damn book, it condemns the homosexual lifestyle. Yep. That's the book of Leviticus, chapter 20, verse 13. Man shall not lie with another man, for it shall be abomination unto you. Now, that's a karma. That's not a period. But I'm not going to say the rest of it. I want y'all to read it. But I digress. So when them daggone Supreme Court and all them passed that, they went against their own book. So they let you know they follow on the left-hand path. They're not on the right-hand path. Yep. And they yeah, sending this country down to hell. And guess what I speak on? Because I'm qualified that I am a priest. Because I represent, I'm one of God's representatives. So I'm chiding y'all. Yep. Guess what came right after them when they passed that? What's that? In 2015. No more than a week or so later, you Satanists were brave and they had made an eight to nine foot statue of their Baphomet devil god and put it on public display, and people came all around to pay their homage to that, yep. and even the news. And guess who came behind them? Who's that? The pedophiles. Oh, yeah. The pedophiles yep. were being bold enough to admit it, and they were talking about now putting a petition together at that time to present to Congress that they want to have the right to marry and have sex with underage children. And yes. guess who came behind them? Crazy. This is what happens when you open the door. You let Satan in. Yeah. Guess who came behind? What was that? Those who believe in bestiality, they decided to do the same thing. They were saying, we're going to put a petition together and we're going to try to present it and bring it with enough signatures. Uh Also, to to try to say that we now have the right to not only have sex with the animals, they want to marry animals. Yeah. This was the detriment of with that Supreme Court. Y'all must open your eyes. Uh-huh. Y'all must open your eyes. And there was a video I had circulated at that time with those Moors who are my golden cipher. There was a European woman historian. No more than a seven or eight minute video. I gotta find it unless they, y'all don't have no control because if they don't want nobody to see nothing, they can delete a damn video. Yeah. But I digress. This video, this woman is sitting on the panel and she's saying 
This is what she did on the research regarding the homosexuality lifestyle. She said, now she was also prefacing, I'm neither for nor against, but I'm only just telling you my result of history of my research. She said, any and all ancient civilizations that had openly accepted the homosexual lifestyle, those civilizations fell. Those civilizations fell. But then I just told you, it's in your scriptures that God said this. Had Shabba ranks back 30-something years ago when they gave him the bait and they asked him, he was the hottest thing coming out of Jamaica and all that with his reggae tone stuff. And they asked him a question when he was on the panel. Do you believe in the homosexuality and whatever? And he went off, oh, man, you know, he's talking to Jamaica. And he said, no, don't buddy boys need to be hung up and all this stuff. And his career tanked. He never bounced back. And I say to you, Christians, that claim to be following God and you following your book. Don't just make your statements like that. Go and quote your book. Because guess what they can't argue with? It's written. And aren't they saying they're Christian? They can't argue with that. Once you say that, that's your defense. I was saying the Muslims, Hindus, Jews, Hittians, or any of them are at a right-hand path. Right after they passed that law, remember it was a European out there near you? She was a court clerk, and same-sex individuals came to get a marriage license, and she said, I refuse because y'all are treading on my, I don't believe in that. She said, y'all are treading on my religious liberty. And they arrested her, and I said, each and every one of us, no matter what religion, so long as you're on the right-hand path, y'all should have been supporting her. I said, y'all should have been supporting her, and you should have then quoted what I had said. Hell, even their own Bible also condemns cross-dressing. That's in Levitic, uh, um, Deuteronomy. But nobody ain't talking about that. You still there? You, you still there, bro? You still there, Jared? Lloyd is, is yeah. I'm still here. Oh man, I'm I'm sorry. No, I apologize. I had it on mute, but uh, yeah, we we need to hold mm-hmm. them to that. You know, we need to hold them to the Bible. They say that's the word of God. You know, they need to uphold. Cause I, right, because I've always heard the term the Bible Belt. I didn't understand that until in '89, and I was living out in the Midwest. I'll tell you where I was. I was in Lawton, Oklahoma, for a year. Okay. And the knowledge I had then, I was teaching, I ain't gonna lie, you know, I was working on my broken heart, my children's mom and I broke off and, you know, got my little place and, you know, had a lot of girlfriends and everything, but um, I wasn't just, you know, a hip hop dancer and a model. I, I wasn't no himbo, I was no airhead. I had the knowledge I had now. So I was teaching the very few that was listening. And then one of my buddies had said, was like, these people ain't you know, they, they they might that yeah I remember man this is the bible belt yeah and that's when I finally had the definition you know with name so is I'm just camel back with me and you are both saying isn't that what one of the main things you talk about the United States of America and Europeans that's running this brag about this supposed to be a Christian nation 
Well, stand the hell up and do your damn job. Yep. That was always the problem with you Christians. You were hypocritical. Even Dr. Jose Pimenta Bay brought this up 30 years ago when he said when our moors were in Europe and they would have little verbal spats with the Christians, they said we called them the El Kita, the people of the book. He said, look, we cool. We understand the divine laws and what happened. Yeah. So long as you follow the book, we have no problem. It's just that you don't follow it. Uh-huh. Exactly. They're the main ones that would chide a brother or sister and say, oh, you're Muslim, you don't, you're Muslim, you found that Muhammad, you don't eat no pork, you don't eat no pork, I eat pork. Yeah. They get their own damn book in Leviticus chapter 11 and I'll read it. It shows the damn food that y'all eating. Well, that spins in scales and swims in the seas and waters, we shall eat. He that killeth a dog, uh, uh, killeth a cow as if he is slew a dog, something it's been so long since I read it. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's in their own book, but they don't follow it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why 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 the Christians having catfish fries, you know? Not supposed to eat. <laughs> it it doesn't but have scales. That, yep. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like you said, there's certain fishes you don't eat. Like, yeah, with the catfish, because it's a catakia bait, may the Lord rest their soul, broke that down. He was like, Yeah, you eat your white and whatever, but you don't eat, you know, certain Listening because they said it, it bleeds or something like that, and it has here something something to the effect. But we knew we don't eat that, you know. Yeah. But the point is, the knowledge you need to follow the way of God is in your book. All you got to do is follow it. Yeah. And the only reason why somebody need to go in on y'all is because again, when the Asiatics start talking about defending themselves and getting tired of you killing them, and now they talking about they going to defend themselves. And you hit me, I'm gonna hit you back. Oh, now you want to label my people militants? Yeah. Oh, exactly. I said I'm going to hit back when you hit me. Yeah. I don't miss me damn hypocritical ish because aren't y'all the same damn people? If somebody do something to y'all, you ready to go to war with them? A lot exactly. of times you instigate that damn war. Yep. Exactly. I don't want to hear nothing you have to say. Your moral compass is broke. Yep, and that's the only way to hold them to it. Um, one of the things though you you were speaking on earlier, you you asked me to remind you about you were speaking about uh, Noble Drew Ali's ADEP chamber. Yeah. So again, when Ali was teaching them, he was giving up a lot of knowledge, the economics. A lot of was the only one that mainly really was successful with businesses and all. When I went to the Schomburg, I had got, I asked. For their historical photos on the Moore Science Temple of America, I didn't get my photos back. I gave them to Brother Clifford Hazel L., the elder. He was not only a 33rd, he was a 96th degree Freemason. That was the first time I ever heard that. You, he had to go outside the country to get the higher degrees. But I can break down about the 33rd. Remind me on that. So he also taught their astrology and whatever. They said he was so heavy. Once, one um, story was when he would talk about a certain water and the people didn't understand, they said one day he walked up to the damn window when he was describing a certain water, opened the damn window and held his hand out and a water, a puddle of water floated in the middle air and he said, this is the water I'm talking about. And then he sent it back. These are the stories that's tough to a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Another story was, and this is why I love my favorite movie, The Shadow, it goes in the category with me and you understand maya or hypnosis. Uh-huh. When I say study that, that science is real. I had a picture from one of my books of a black and white 
this author early on that wrote a book on darkness over Tibet. He got he got in contact with some of the brothers that were dealing with a little bit of left hand path. But he had a picture of one guy that had his mental powers so so heavy that you may call male hypnosis. They say he can kill a person with his thoughts up to a mile away. I had to find that picture, put it in my phone, and then I sent it to you. Okay. So anyway, one story was one more in the temple. Obviously, was ignoring Yoba Juali. Oh no, he was he was kicking some bubbles about Juali talking some negative stuff. So from yeah. other Moors that was defending the prophet, they were gonna put hands on him. But Juali saved his life. So obviously, he went and did the science of Nova and projected because his brother was at another temple somewhere else to make this man look old. Because yeah. they said the rest of the story was these brothers was waiting for him to come out. They knew he was going to come out and close the temple and everything. So when they walked up, by the time they walked up, they didn't see the person that they saw. He looked like an old man. Yeah. So they walked away. And then obviously later on, you know, Ali let them know, I saved your life. Dumb brothers in their minds, they, they seen you as, you know, looking like an old man. Yeah. And we also understand the story. We all familiar, us Moors are familiar with the story on how Drew Ali got the flag. That's why I'm pissed off at one brother, I ain't gonna mention his name. He came back in 2019 and all, kicking that damn bobo fish. But he came from right, oh, it ain't the flag. He's bragging like everybody else, using me and daddy for what y'all call clout. And you say for credibility, and then they get in the damn movement, then they start doing that cointel crap, giving disinformation. Ah, oh, them Moors, they say they ain't the flag. Miss me with that BS. Yeah. That is the damn flag. And it ain't no flag that just came up out of nowhere. And I said to him, go to the more sign temple. I ain't going to the more sign temple. I had to hang up and block them ever since. And then I at least yeah. told him to my face, I don't want to I don't want to be friends with you. You down you're doing this damn nigger ish. Yeah. Excuse me. This knacker ish. But the story was how Juali got the damn flag. He got the damn flag from the damn sitting president at the time of 22, uh, uh, 1912, 1913, when he set up the Mount Temple. And where that flag come from? He knew, for one, how he got in the office, they tried to block it. A lot of people don't understand, because they keep looking at it from the religious point of view. Drew Ali was a, 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 not only a nobleman, he was a statesman. So he had diplomatic credentials. So the only thing they could do was block him and delay him, but they couldn't, you know, kind of detain him. So then he used the science of clouding the minds of those secret service, and he walked right by. Now, a lot of people would be saying, oh, man, that's, you know, that's that fantasy stuff. This is where I say a person that existed at that time, but he was a European, he was Ashkenazi Jew. Look up the man Wolf Messing. There's video and enactments of stuff that he did when he had mental sharp powers. He was, he, he had Stalin, um, Tested his mental skills, and he had him. He was talking to him on his compound, on his military base. And then, so what he did, he said, "I want to see your your." He gave him tests. He gave him about two or three tests. But the first test was, "I want you to use your ability to get back on his base." So then he had his his dang on Russian soldiers, KGB, escort him off their damn Russian military base. And then all of a sudden. This man in a gray suit come walking back. And then now, you know, if this is compound, he's like any other military and president. They got soldiers standing and attention. Yeah. Wolf Messing walked right up to them and walked right by them. 
And then your people don't understand. He's walking by their butlers and maids. Yeah. And guess what? They weren't regular butlers and maids. They were ex-KGB. Yeah. He walked right by them. And then he proceeded to walk right into his center room, his fireside room, his private room. And Stalin looked up and said, oh, my goodness, you scared me. Wow, how did you, how did you do it? And he said this. He obviously was able to develop the science of Maya. He said, all I did was project in the minds of the soldiers and your, your maids and everybody, I was buried. Buried was the highest military um, uh, uh, staff. So since he was a higher rank, the soldiers never blinked an eye, never moved. To them, he, he looked like buried. So I'm trying to let y'all know to get to get the concept in your mind. The science of Maya is real. That was a basic science that you Moors knew. So now going back to Juali, he used that ability to get himself up into the office. But he used, like I said, like the shadow made himself invisible. So then he turned up in the Oval Office and scared the bejesus out of the president because they were blocking him. And then that's when he proceeded to ask to say permission to bring Islam back onto these shores and said, can I teach my people? And the president said, all right. And he, he laughed and he went somewhat of the, uh, 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 along the lines of what well, that's like putting a pair of pants on a horse. Yeah. But he gave him permission and said, all right, yeah. And then he said, now can I have the flag? He pretended he ain't know what the damn flag was and then since Drali was divinely prepared and he had the ability of, of Nova, astral traveling, that y'all call, or now the Europeans are reinventing and call it remote viewing. <laughs> yeah. Damn, Europeans always taking your science and renaming it. I digress. Yeah. So then he finally took him to the vault and he told him that it was folded up since who? George Washington. Wow. And all yeah. the children. The Europeans and all know, and even they taught us, but they got you thinking he chopped down the cherry tree when he's a little boy. No, he did that when he was grown. Yeah. That was his code in saying he then chopped down the, the Morse tree or the Morse flag. But if you go into George Washington writing, he says, George, I, George Washington, chopped down the cherry tree so that it may not walk upon this land again. Wow. Yeah. So then once the president unfurled the flag, it was just a red flag. And George and, and Prophet Noble Jali said, where's the, where's the star? Put the green star back in. So that's how Jali got your flag. Then when you institute a standard, didn't I tell you behind the standard, you have a seal. He reinstituted your great seal. The last time the damn pyramid seal was on the monies was during Abraham Lincoln's time. I found out because one of my hobbies was I was starting to collect um, the old currencies as a hobby. And then I wind up buying a book on the old currencies of the United States. That's how I had a picture of it. And I made a copy of that. I was circulating that. I had lost that book, so I'm going to have to get it again. But all you got to do is go to any bookstore, if any of them still exist, go in the sections of different hobbies and go in the section and get the book that goes into the history of the money. Because somebody that collects money, you know, it would tell you the period of money that was issued and printed at a certain time, the value of that money if you happen to get it. Because it was a time that your dollar bills actually said, instead of in God we trust, at one time it said silver certificate. 
And at the bottom of the money, it would say pay bearer on demand. Yes. My father was the only more that broke that stuff down back in the 80s. He taught me that as a little boy. He said it was a time when that was your real money. Because when you had those real money, when you got to the higher bills, they actually went and printed up as higher. You had $1,000 bills, $500 bills, even a $10,000 bill. But they cut it some years back, and they only printed as high as the $100 bills. That's another form of control, y'all, but I digress. When you had those monies, that meant you could then go to the bank and say, I want this in silver or gold. And guess what they would do? They would take that damn money and then go back into the bank and then give you the actual bars of gold or silver. But they took you off the gold standard doing, um, um, what's his name in the 60s, the president, and they shot him. Kennedy. Kennedy. And then father broke down to me with the Nation of Islam was trying to let the brothers and sisters know this is why during the 60s after 65 or so, the monies that look silver, that look silvery, weren't no longer silver. Daddy said they actually had FBI agents going to the houses and saying they would exchange and give us the coins. They were real silver. Wow. And when uh, and then for the be- people listening, when, when you were speaking on the flag, the all red flag that the prophet got because there was a there's a picture up on the screen. It's showing in Fort Fort Negro in eighteen sixteen. The the indigenous people there were flying a red flag and they described them as Negroes. It says yeah. the, the Negroes had a red flag. And then to dispel that, you're gonna get some people seeing because they're black. You know, we Negroes, they're black. Well, let me take you back to the book that I told you that was the big sensation to us Moors in 86. Story of the Moors in Spain. When you get to around the page 273 to 74, 75, this is when us Moors fell, and you already know the famous date, 1492. In that book, it's telling you how once the Moors that still remained, that the the Pope and the King and them now passed laws that the Moors now had to take on the hats and riches of the Christians, and they were now renamed Moriscos, meaning tamed Moor or Christian Moors. And then after a while, going more to the closing of the 1400s, they then changed that the Moors now had to call themselves Spaniards. So now, want you when you look at the map. I'm going to have to take a send it to you. When they now start to then show you the map of the United States that they call America, before they made the whole country the corporate major and minor United States of America, when they go past the 13 colonies, they have on the damn map going from that midpoint all the way to the shores of, of Cali that you call Cali, Spain. I just told you it was a time that they then said you Moors had to call yourself Spaniards. Yep. But if they hadn't had Lewis and Clark that damn excavated that area, how the hell they call it Spain? Meaning that was Moors territory. And then so after a while in Spain, then they said the Moors now had to, they labeled you now Negroes. Uh-huh. So this is why 
1492 to 14 uh, up to 1592, they were busy changing your books around. This is when you now, all of a sudden, on the world history, no one asked a $65 million damn question, well, where the hell all these damn Negroes get thrusted on world history? They were the damn Moors that were damn left from the Moorish War that were now relabeled Negroes. That were now parceled out to the different European colonies as slaves. That's where the hell they got them from. Now, if they stole you from Africa, here's what I say. I want you to follow me. Roll with a brother, y'all. Roll with a brother. Uh If they stole you from Africa, wouldn't another nation of the African nations then be ready to set war and say, all right, my brother, you damn Europeans, we want our African brothers back if you stole. Yeah. Right or wrong. So now you have to talk about a certain particular nation, nation of Africa that can then petition for that. Either give us our brothers and sisters back if you stole or compensate us or what have Or we're going to go to war. Yeah. But they didn't. Why? Because you're already home. Yep. They didn't steal you from Africa. You were here. Yep. Here's another thing that'll make you laugh. All right. And this is why I, I, I'm so proud of you, Morris, because obviously Hakeem Bey and I were the only two 30 years ago that was the catalyst from this concept. We kept telling the Moors, because all that Moors knew at that time from the temple and all that you were Moors, you were Asiatic, and that was it. Yeah. And you knew, you know, you called Negro black and color. We were saying, Moors, talk to your elders. You know you have a grandmom or what have you that would say, yeah, I remember my grandmom saying we are Cherokee or Blackfoot background, da, da, da. We were uh-huh. saying embrace your indigenous. That even makes stronger your tie that you are of indigenous or aboriginal or whatever you would call it, it's our Native American. So guess what came out? And this is the joke, the big joke the Europeans have among you Asiatics. What's that? And even somebody posted, a racist European posted this under one of the news clips. Ah, you want to keep them Negroes away? Oh, we're going to go to, we're going to have rioting and everything with this George Floyd case. Well, if you want to really block your place and you don't want to destroy it, Put in front of your doors job applications and books. Uh-huh. Now, I said the book thing because this is a joke the Europeans have. You want to hide something from these damn Negroes? Put it in black and white between two pages because they ain't going to read. Yep. Now, in the early 90s, as me and Hakeem Bey were saying this, there was a book series that was rolling out. Because a lot of more stuff was coming out from the European side in the 90s. They were bringing out books that was giving the history of the different indigenous tribes here. Now, I never got around to getting this book, but I made a copy. I used to know the page. I think it was page 16 or something like that. And this particular book was a children's book on the Delaware Indians. Well, guess what those indigenous people say? And it was in print. And I copied it, but I never got the book. Yeah. They said, don't call us Indians. Guess what the hell they said? Call us Moors. Wow. Yeah, what was the name of that book? You said it was a children's book? In Delaware Indians. Hmm. They were rolling 
out at this. It was a lot of stuff because it was truth not only coming from us, it was truth coming from the from the Europeans. They were rolling out a series in the early nineties. They were starting to give history of the different indigenous what they call Indian tribes, and this particular book was set on the Delaware Indians. Wow. And it was a children's book. And they at least had enough sense to give validity to it. They were obviously speaking to indigenous people, but that was in print. Yeah. Yep. And then you'll find out, you don't call them Delaware Indians. The, the, the so-called Indians or the Moors that was in my territory, Shiekabee, I was the Moor that, that, that did the research because I only went off of what CMB gave the template. Uh-huh. That he only got the template that he got from Nova Jali. Didn't you always always say, Moors, you know, Europeans and them know your history. All you got to do is ask an intelligent tone, go to a library and ask an intelligent tone, and the Europeans will give you a favorable reply. Yeah. Well, CM Bay one step and said, all Moorish history is in every well stocked library. Yeah. So, what I did was. I started going through certain sections and pulling up the indigenous history and what have you. And that's how I came up with the list of the original names that our people called ourselves, even especially here, because I'm part of the, the 13 colonies. I went to the New Jersey uh, library here in Camden uh, when I was living in Linwall, and I was pulling up their old historical books that was written by their founding fathers, the section of the library that nobody don't want to go. The books are so dusty and moldy. They're actually oversized because that was the size of the books back then. Uh-huh. And I'm reading where they said the Indians called themselves such and such and such. Well, the Indians that you call the Indians that lived here in Sheikabee, and that's how I got the original name of what we call this land. It means land along water because New Jersey is a peninsula surrounded by some, what makes a peninsula uh, surrounded by three three bodies of water so on three sides. Yeah. So the indigenous people call themselves Lenape and Nape. And then you'll find out the history because they tried to say they did they did mass genocide to kill them all, but they didn't because those Lenape Lenape that did survive that ran away. When they was doing mass genocide, guess whose tribe they came and live among us, the Anaguia that they call.